Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and landed episode number 134. And this open requires tact, finesse. Fortunately, I am blessed by both, and I'm Keith. I'm Sean. I'm Glenn. <laughs> That's Drew. Um, oh, and, yeah, and this is Drew. Drew, Drew is on. joining us this week. He's listening in. Sean, you want to tell our listeners who Drew is? That's Drew. <laughs> How do you know Drew? <laughs> oh, I work with Drew. Ah. Welcome, Drew. Thank you. Actually, to be totally accurate, I'm now Drew's boss. Oh. <laughs> so what'd you do this week? Uh, I, I, apparently, I got promoted. Apparently? Although you, you so told excited. me, like, I don't know, five weeks ago that you would never, ever, ever <laughs> yeah, do that again. You don't want the responsibility. And three weeks ago, he told us he was key holder. And then we went, oh, but he said, but, uh, but I'm not managing him just because they needed somebody to do it. They need somebody to assist the managers. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, yeah, I need the money more than I not need the responsibility. So Congratulations. Yeah. Thanks. I'm actually excited about it. And Drew's excited about it. Everybody <laughs> is. So that makes me happy. Good. That makes me more excited about it to know that other people are excited about it. <laughs> I would be very concerned if people weren't excited about it. Including, the, ma- it. including the manager of the store. So including the manager of the store. <laughs> the manager's happy. Well, manager, that's important. Yeah, he's, 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 he's very happy. <laughs> Ecstatic. Uh, how's the movie collection convergence and catalogs- wow, catalogization? That's, that's Consolidating. Consolidation. Thank you. And cataloging. You've been cataloging. You've been cataloging everything. Uh, Mel and I have decided to take the ultimate step in our relationship. We are <laughs> the biggest step possible. The biggest step possible for us is we are combining our, our movie um, collections, and um, so we have a lot of duplicates. We've been going through, and you know, we're doing the full nine yards. We're comparing who's got a better box. Does yours have a rental sticker on the label? You know, on the on the disc, and you know, putting together, trying to get the These best. These are really good version. shapes, Sean. Thanks. Oh, yeah, I take care of my stuff. Um, so <laughs> we've been doing that, and then, and then you know, pulling, you know, because we don't want to be fair. I don't want to. I don't want to have one collection that kind of absorbs the other one. You said you don't want to be fair. I do want to be fair. Okay. I don't want. I, I don't want to have one. Didn't you say collection. I don't want to be fair? He was combining I'm the signs. I know what he was trying to say. Right, so. so I had a stroke. Leave me alone. <laughs> but um, so we've been going through and you know pulling some of them out of her inventory, on her database, and pulling some of them out of my inventory on my database, and you know, back and forth like this. So. It's been arduous, and uh, for all of the, you know, it makes sense logically and financially, and this, that, and the other thing, man, I think we've fought more about this than we fought just about anything else in our relationship. <laughs> it's a huge that step. Big, it is that big of a step. Well, so there's, this, it's, it's, it's the first, it's a trial for you. That's somebody, I, I don't know, somebody work, I think it was, or no, it was you, wasn't it? Was it me? It said, uh, well, this is pretty much as close as you guys are going to get to everybody, or no, it was you. Somebody said as close as you guys Holly are going to get to the rings last on your night. fingers. <laughs> Did Holly said that? I think it was Holly, wasn't it? I don't remember. I had a stroke. So <laughs> I, I, I remember somebody it, saying that, too. Somebody so. said it, so. Oh, well, then maybe. I think it was I think it was Glenn. I'll give Maybe Holly can have the credit. <laughs> but, uh, so, yeah, that's, that's pretty much the big step. But it's done. Oh, you're, oh, you're done. Got them on the shelf, and 
Now we have to, you know, sell off the duplicates. Well, the benefit is... Hey, wait, there was one I other duplicate I wanted you to bring me. Which one? The movie. That's because Drew's got it. Oh, okay. Okay. That was the nice thing is I got dibs on uh, three box sets that I didn't have yet. Yeah. So. Unfortunately, I didn't get to claim dibs on one of them before you did. Oh, which one were you on? I need four. That's the only one uh, I'm missing. Sorry, I don't have more than three copies. Uh, uh, I tweeted back as soon as <laughs> Ten bucks? Heck yeah! <laughs> I made the mistake of waiting this check with Sarah. Oh, yeah, you I didn't check. You can still officially get Dr. Who the movie, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's on special edition. Okay. I just haven't picked it up yet. That's fine. But when oh, you cool. have your copy, I'll give Drew my your your uh, yes, your fake copy. Yes, my fake copy <laughs> that you made before they released it on DVD. I still have my fake copy too. Sean made for me with that totally awesome TV guide cover I put together in black and white. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's better than my legend cover you made for mine. Yeah, well, Can you make it with crayons. Huh? He drew it with crayons. No, he got a piece of paper. It just said legend on it. Ah. <laughs> the guy with the cowboy hat, you know. Nice. <laughs> um, what else did you do? I went and saw Les Mis with you yes. on Saturday. Last night. How was Les Mis? What would you think? Uh, I enjoyed it. I, I was telling Drew that I, I think we, as you pointed out, there was a little bit of the, because of, Mel and I, neither one of us have ever seen any version of Les Mis. We've not seen the musical. We've not seen this. We've not seen this. As our listeners will attest to, while well, these guys don't know anything about it, other than Glenn, he's kind of knowledgeable, but the rest a little of them um, I've got six. The, I've got Drew six has copies all of, of the of the musical. Wow! Wow! See, somebody's a fan. Drew, Drew's kind of a fan. Of <laughs> I love the music. Wow! But um, so yeah, we had a good time. But I, I think I think the good thing is that this will kind of give us a primer for when we do get into one of the film versions of it. That we'll have some background for it. I hope it'll it'll lead to Mel enjoying it a little bit more than maybe yeah. she would have initially. Yeah. So, hmm. but it was a good performance. I thought uh, I thought the cast did really really well. Uh, good job with it. And for, it was a huge cast for, for being a community theater. They did a good job with it. They've always done a good job of everything I've seen of them. Do. I think that my my only complaint, overall complaint, there were some little nitpicky things I could pick apart, but I won't. Um, but my overall complaint is he I just the I, pipes. I felt really it. <laughs> I felt the orchestra was really weak, really, really weak. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So, and and unfortunately, you know because I, I the orchestra because the orchestra that. was weak, the Actors, when they really needed to punch some of the music, really put some emotion behind it. I think they were, they they either backed off or were afraid to because I think they were afraid they would yeah. they would mm-hmm. just really kind of overdo it. And if the orchestra had been there with them, they could have, and there could have been more you passion got, and power behind it. But, you got to have the orchestra from the yeah. Ones. So it, it that was my biggest complaint about it. But do they have uh, a live orchestra? Overall, they, yeah, I believe yeah. so. It's backstage. You don't see them. Oh but, yeah, yeah. I know, yeah. I know. I knew they didn't have a pit. Right, right. So, and my sister was in it. She did a super awesome job. I saw your picture and she congratulated did a super her. awesome job. She is. She. The, she's playing one of my two favorite characters in the in the musical. She plays oh. Madame Thenardier, and I absolutely love those characters. And she, when I she got cast, I went, oh well, she was born to play that role. So. <laughs> <laughs> That one was tailor made to her, so she's just—I mean, she's she's no she's nothing like Madame Thenardier, but the 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 roles that she always takes and does really super well are those type of roles. She really enjoys those roles. In fact, she played the witch in Into the Woods when she was in school in uh, Lindsberg when she was in college, 
and that was the other role that I saw her in that I just she just blew me away. I was like, oh my gosh, she she just embodied that character. So I knew as soon as she was casting this, I was like, yeah, that's that's yeah, totally your role. So, anyway, I'm not I, surprised you, know, you guys didn't it. hang out in the green room after we, we kind of took off because we figured you were going to be a long time in the. Our kids were at my parents, so uh, yeah, uh, and it did. I mean, it's a long show, so I didn't want hour and forty eight minutes yeah, first half. Just the first half. Yeah. <laughs> they Just warned the us before. Half. Oh, did they? they? Yeah. I was wondering if you timed the it. first act is one hour and forty-eight minutes. And all I had, <laughs> all I had oh, was a glass I of go tea. Now. <laughs> all I had was a glass of tea before I left, before I went to the show, and a seven of seven when I got to the show. And I still had to pee so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys oh, only went to the gosh, show. You didn't do dinner too. No, we didn't do dinner. Didn't do dinner. Too. So, I wish we'd have done dinner because, man, I I, I ate my dessert. Oh gosh, Sean and Mel—they apparently <laughs> had popcorn because yeah, they were. <laughs> and well, and the funny thing is, they couldn't serve the dessert until intermission, intermission yeah. because the kitchen was still you know finishing up. So. Well, then they, okay, I'm going to complain a little bit about the menu. That's on the menu. It's got the hot wings or barbecue, you know, chicken wings or whatever. And I looked at, I was like, I don't know, wings. Like, oh, they're boneless. Oh, they're boneless wings. Okay, yeah, it's we'll because go they're chicken nuggets. They're chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what planet you live on. You cannot call chicken wings chicken nuggets. No, chicken you can't call chicken nuggets chicken, chicken wings. wings. They came out and Mel looked at me with one of these. Yeah. And I'm like, I looked you, over there and usually oh, five dollar McNuggets. Oh my kids can eat here. <laughs> usually the theater has better food than that. Every time I've been. Oh, their desserts are phenomenal. The cheesecake is the meals actually, are usually the, the really sugar free cheesecake. But uh, sugar free, that's the, the first carrot problem. cake, however. <laughs> Which yeah. Mel ordered. <laughs> and you ordered the cheesecake, and well, then she forced you to eat the rest of the because carrot cake. I, I, I do this every every time I get in there, and I know it's the carrot cake I want. I know it's the carrot cake I want. And then I sit down, and I look at the mirror, and I go, ooh, cheesecake. And I talk myself into the cheesecake. It's ooh, like shiny. Yeah. It's, <laughs> <laughs> hey, look over there, squirrel. I, it's just it's something I do, and I do it all the time, and then I get it, and I'm disappointed with it. And I know it's not what I want. <laughs> I know the carrot cake is phenomenal. but So she was like, okay. She said, you want cheesecake? I was like, yeah, let's get some cheesecake. She goes, well, I want carrot cake. I was like, oh, yeah, that's really good, too. But I really want cheesecake. Okay. And then the cheesecake came out, and all they had was the fat-free. <laughs> oh, I thought you I thought you got the fat-free no. on purpose. Oh. No. <laughs> if I'm ordering cheesecake, I don't care. Oh. No. <laughs> so we're, we're past that point. But first, what is well, the point gonna, of That's how you're going to lose that last sugar, six pounds for Child of Time Lord to justify your pages. Yeah. I got another week. <laughs> I agree. <laughs> anyway, so we did that, and then we were supposed to go with you guys to uh, see um, Much Ado About Nothing, today, yeah. but uh, just kind of got caught up with well, movie. That's what we in here. It's in in, in, in Lawrence, Lawrence at Liberty Hall, and it's really good. Is it good? I was I I I told Sean and uh, beforehand that I had never seen Much Ado before. Um, I really haven't been exposed to that much Shakespeare, honestly. It just never caught my attention. And I was, so I was a little worried I wasn't going to understand what was going on, but I, I think I got 80%, 90% of it. Yeah, well, Much Ado is one of those ones that I think is a lot more, I mean, you don't get lost in a lot of it. It's the, very I mean, accessible. Yeah, it is very accessible. You don't get lost in a lot of the, the, the language, you know, the, yeah. the I, I think there's Shakespeareisms. Oh, you've seen Star Trek Six. Well, yeah. <laughs> there's enough Shakespeare in that. The, 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 the Shakespeare I know the best is The Tempest because that's the one play I worked on oh, in high school. Yeah. So I really know The Tempest well. Yeah. I don't know everything else as well. Of course, I know Hamlet's the big, the bare bones of it and Romeo and Juliet, but some of the more quote unquote obscure Shakespeare, I, I'm not that I aware call of. Much ado. I wouldn't call it obscure. It's obscure. But okay. 
Especially since there's already been one film adaptation of it recently. Well, yeah, if there's a film adaptation of it, you should be at least aware, years. like, you know. I know, fellow, of, I know of it. Um, <laughs> I know of the adaptation. I just never watch it. I always went. Twelfth Night. Eh. He's got Brown. Kenneth Brown on I'll watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Richard. Yeah. Does he play Benedict? Uh, yes. Benedict? Yes. No, he, yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. I thought Alexis Denisoff did a really good job. I, I'd read a review that he was kind of the weak point of it, and I thought he did a great job. He was both likable and dislikable at the same time. I don't know if that's how it's supposed to be, but that's how he was. There, there were, sure. it, took, it took me a while to warm up to him <laughs> as a character. Uh, Amy Acker was, was phenomenal as Patrice. Uh, and Fran Kranz was phenomenal as Claudio. So who does Nathan Fillion play in this? Yeah, I was about to say, you didn't uh, even say anything about Nathan That's because he's really not in it that much. Uh, he's Dogberry, uh, one of the cops. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Along with um, Tom Link. Who's another Buffy uh, actor? And Simon, um, Sean Mayer, wasn't in it as much as I thought he would be either. Because huh. he, he plays uh, Don John, the villain. Oh, yeah. The Keanu. <laughs> oh, is that who plays him? Keanu? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, I, it's, it's not fair because I, 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 like, I like Keanu Reeves, I like Keanu Reeves in that role. Yeah, he, I, yeah, he I, did a fine did, job. He did a yeah. fine job in that. But every time any we we orbit any discussion of one or the other, the first thing that flashes through my head is that clip from the critic when, John <laughs> is, when they're doing the review of whatever the new Shakespeare was. And it's Keanu going, "Hath not a dude eyes?" <laughs> that's what I. That's what I go to. That's my default setting. Clark Gregg was another standout. Oh yeah, I forgot he was in it too. Colson. Colson. All together now. Colson's alive. <laughs> um, yeah, that, that was big news this weekend. We'll talk about it too, I guess. Yes. So, um, I saw GI Joe Retaliation. I saw that pop up on your stream. It you was like on uh, iTunes a week early, so I went eh, okay. Um, I don't know why it's getting such bad ratings. It was certainly not any better, or any better. It wasn't certainly worse than the first one. But I enjoyed the first one. I thought the first one was a lot of fun, and this one was a lot of fun too. I just it's it's a toy movie. Is what it is. I mean, it's just it's that's what it is, and it, it's fun. It's there's there's no there's no holes in the plot, so you can't complain about that. All the acting is fine. No Everybody does a fine job. What? There's no sinking. Ice. No, there's no sinking. Ice. <laughs> We're evaporating Eiffel Towers. It's enjoyable. Well, <laughs> yeah, they had a reason for that in the yeah. first <laughs> And that was fine too, though. I didn't. I had no problem with that because, again, it's this. It's this like super fantasy. Fiction. Yeah, exactly. It's pseudo science fiction. And it, yeah, it was. It was fun. It was. It was an interesting premise because you know, I'll tell you right now. I think you just know from the trailers that you know all the Joes get wiped out except for a handful of them at the beginning, and so it's <gasps> like. Ah, you knew that from the trailer. <laughs> I didn't care. So to go that route, I wasn't sure I was going to like it, but it just—I loved the way that they did it. So, and it, it's a—it's a nice way to kind of manage your franchise so that you can continue to bring new characters in later, and you don't have everybody mm-hmm. already established and whatnot. And That's a good way to do it. Yeah. Kill, oh, this kill the Rock has Roadblock. The Rock—the Rock was good as Roadblock. I thought he was. Roadblock. Yeah. And 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 they and, and they did some very roadblockish things from like the original. Yeah, yeah. I mean that, awesome. that was the neat thing is they roadblock. They stayed pretty true to some of the core parts of the character, and I liked that. That was cool. I don't remember him rhyming. 
I think there was maybe one opportunity where he, they, they could have thrown <laughs> no, a rhyme yeah. in there and they didn't do no. it. And I went, ah, I'm okay, I'm going to let it go. <laughs> but yeah, my, uh, the, the overall feeling I got, because a lot of people, you know, I liked the first one too. And the first one I, I explained is I sat there with this big, goofy, dumb grin on my face all through the first Joe movie because it reminded me of watching <coughs> the cartoon when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. That was kind of the vibe I got right. from it. It wasn't as colorful, but. <laughs> yeah. This, and this one isn't either. But. This one. I had this big goofy grin on my face because it reminded me of playing with the G.I. Joe. Yeah, yeah, and that's what this one. You're exactly right. The first one's more like the cartoon. This is more like what you did with the Joes yeah. when you were now, playing one the game. Now, neither one of them is the comics, which is still kind yeah. of, the, for yeah. me, the pinnacle of, of well, the G.I. Joe. They'll, they'll go there for the third maybe one. Maybe the third one they'll get there. But that was <laughs> the other thing is the, the one plot that we, I can't talk about without spoiling something. I was blown away because that's an actual comic book. Plot. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. It was like. You went there. Are you talking Sweet. about the? How do we say this without spoiling? Because I want to know what you're talking about. This storm shadow. Yes. Okay. That, that part of it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. That one where they killed one dude. <laughs> that one where they killed the guy. You know where he kills that whole family with that blank. And then they blow up the entire world. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the the super. Did weapon. you see Christopher Eccleston in that in that container? <laughs> well, that's why he couldn't do. Uh, that's why I can't come back for the Doctor Who 50th. He was too busy not being Destro in G.I. Joe 2. That was so annoying. But that's okay. I didn't need Destro in this one. <laughs> You're out of the band. And really? I didn't, that's yeah, all we get. Uh, <laughs> well, we didn't get uh, um, Gordon. Well, he could have been. I, know. I didn't look I at the credits. I don't, I don't think, I don't think, it, think was. it was. But Oh, Joseph Gordon. Yeah, go, there you go. The Joseph Gordon. Was so much better. It was. It was so much better. Ah, it, was, okay. it was neat. It was, it was good. I, was, I had a lot of fun with it. So, good, good. Yeah. Oh, I don't yeah. know why it's getting panned on on even you know, even on Metacritic. It doesn't have a very high score, and I thought, you know, it, sure the critics probably didn't like it because they don't like that kind of thing. But I thought at least the users would. But the users kind of gave it kind of. Hmm. Some of them gave it kind of some skating reviews, and I thought, what are you expecting out of this movie? This yeah. is exactly what I went into it going, hey, that's they did they did what they did with the first movie. That's what I expected. It's GI Joe. It's GI Joe. No, I I'm, I'm excited for a third film, unlike I, the. Transformers, which I still haven't seen the third film. I was not excited for the third film when oh, that one came yeah, out. In fact, that's why I haven't seen it yet. Don't, 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 don't. I will. And I'm still not excited for the third I've seen one. the first two. I've got to see the third I one. Know. I just haven't been in a rush to see it. It's on Netflix, so. It's better than the second one. Yes. <laughs> not by much, but it's better than the second one. <laughs> All good, because, yeah. I mean, that, admittedly, that doesn't take much. a brick through your window is better <laughs> than Transformers 2. Um, Mel and I went on a tear with watching films. This we we watched uh, Colombiana, which is very is good. That? That's the one with uh, it's written Zoe and Saldana. produced by Luca Basson, and it's got Zoe Saldana. It's basically a revenge flick. Something bad happens to her when she's kid. She goes off to kill everybody. The trailer was really annoying. Mm. Um, it was the one most annoying trailers I've ever it's, seen it's, in my it's life. It's like Taken with less suspense and more this is action. Why I haven't seen it. So it's right if you if you like <laughs> yeah, revenge flicks or if you like Luca Basson stuff in general. Yes, I don't like revenge flicks. Really good. But it, there wasn't anything outstanding about it. I really yeah. wish that he had directed it, because the guy that did direct it, who was, I don't know, what would I, I his, his, he's like named after an explosion. His last name literally is like Megaton. <laughs> I kid you not. Wow. Keith, I am to be him. Um, Megaton. His, his, yeah, his last name was Megaton, and I went, really? That's like McG. I'm sorry, I've lost all respect for you as a director now, <laughs> just based on the, the ridiculousness of your name. But a lot of shaky cam and stuff that mm. just wasn't needed. Yeah. It wasn't artistic. And then we watched Cloud Atlas, which yeah, was I tell you, phenomenal. It, it restored your faith in oh, the industry. It was art for art's sake. Really, it was so good. And really, I've heard nothing but bad things about it from and everybody. Everybody has seen missed the boat on the whole thing. Drill tight, it's good on the movie. It just the critics mm-hmm. don't understand it, and 
except for Roger Ebert, who is now passed away. Yeah, I did see um, that he was one of the only ones that gave it a good review. It, 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 is, it, is, it is phenomenal. It is an amazingly... Well, maybe I'll, it's an amazing story. Maybe that'll be the next one I get out of Redbox. Fantastic acting. It's, it's, it's unreal. Okay. I was waiting to want to see it until I knew somebody who saw it. Yeah. And now I hearing it, well, but him and, and I don't often hear him and Mel films. rave about it. Because Mel absolutely loved it too. Yeah, so. Mel maybe I should wait till you watch it. Because yeah, you, you and I have a little better taste. Or a little closer <laughs> closer <laughs> taste <laughs> in films. Yeah. You're right. It's did better slip out there? I, you know how I G.I. Joe. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. Olivier We're about 50-50 most of the time. Olivier Megaton. I'm assuming that's how it's pronounced. It's O-L-I-V-I-E-R. Wouldn't that be Olivier? Yeah, or Olivier. But yes, Olivier is. Olivier Megaton. That's his name. He also did Taken 2 and The Transporter 3. Oh, he did Taken 2? Mm-hmm. Oh. Which was okay. But that explains a lot. Megaton. The first one's phenomenal. I love the first so, where was that? I wonder what was the other one we watched. We watched something else. You only told me about two. Yeah, well. Oh, we went, to, we went to the theater. That's what it was. We went to the theater and saw The Lone Ranger. Ah, how was oh. that? With my free Disney ticket. I'm How'd glad you it free was Disney? free. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, it's not bad. It's, it's very much full of pretty much every Western trope ever. So it's that Western. So if you've seen that Western, you've seen The Lone Ranger. I was... Really, kind of surprised. I don't know why. Johnny Depp's the best thing in the film. Oh, which? Well, this, this is. I, I like Johnny Depp, and I like the fact that he. I mean, he's he's a very good, very good actor. I wish Johnny Depp would get back to acting and stop playing weird characters. He's always different. It's not like he's playing the same weird right, character, right. but he's, he's it wasn't always, Captain Jack in this. Movie. No, it wasn't Captain Jack at all. He he created his own Tonto, and he was the most enjoyable. Every time Tonto was on screen, I was riveted because I enjoy his performances so much. Army Hammer was okay. You know, that, I think that's the problem is you're going up against Johnny Depp. It's like, you know, I can phone this in because well, you nobody's need, watching Well, you need a anyway. good-looking lead and you need a comical sidekick. Yeah. And the horse was outstanding. <laughs> <laughs> the, 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 the action bits, which I've heard all of the action in this movie is real. Like, I heard that there was, like, no CG work, which I, I highly doubt because yeah, they, they flip trains over. I mean, they do some big sense. Like, if you did that full size, I'm impressed. But uh, you know the, the the train fight chase and you know running a horse along the roof of the train and diving through tunnels and stuff. I mean, it was all really cool. But unfortunately, the the structured plot that kind of hinged everything together is also a trope. It's also that western story uh, that we've seen a million times, and it deals with Promontory Point and the railroad. And it's kind of like, eh, well, well is it is this. it Legend of Lone Ranger all over again? Is that that same story? I heard it stays pretty true to the the origin. That, that it may. I've not seen the original oh, um, Legend, of Legend of the Long Ranger. Oh, that's a, that's a good movie, I'll put in it my this, opinion. No, I'll put it this way. 80s, at, at one point in time in the film... the 80s one? Yeah, yeah. You said it was a good movie? Oh, I loved it. I, I absolutely loved it. it. At one point in time in the film, I, hated it. I leaned over to Mel and I said... Well, because it was too close to... It was too close to the television series. and I mean, in the time that it came out, it was too close. There was too many people that had a love for, you know... I didn't think there was anything wrong with that. I love the Long Ranger. Yeah, no, I... Yeah, that's enjoyable, but but I wasn't excited for this movie. <laughs> yeah, I, it's not that it's bad. Um, Hans Zimmer surprised me by for the first time plagiarizing himself. <laughs> <laughs> I listened to the score for the Lone Ranger from Hans Zimmer, and I heard Sherlock Holmes. Huh? Like note for note. Oh, I can until, totally see that from a trailer. Did we get some William Tell? Until William Tell showed okay. up, and then that was so strikingly different from everything else that he wrote for the movie. It was like. 
I hear, you I hear you don't get a high ho silver until like near the end of the movie, and, it's then, the it's, and then it's a joke. Yeah, it's the very oh, end of the movie. That's too bad. Oh well. And you don't have to stay through the credits. There's no. There's no. There. It comes back up. Johnny Depp's walking off into the desert, but that's really all you get. That's it. Huh? Well, that's no more than what there was at the end of the first Pirates. That was a great joke at the end of the first. Yeah, Pirates. but. And the second, and the third. I don't remember the second and third. All the animals in Pirates came back for cameos. Did they? <laughs> I only remember the first. Because the first is the monkey taking the, the Yeah, the, the coin. Yeah. The second one, it goes back to the island of cannibals, and they're all oh, worshipping, right. yeah. and the camera pans in, and it's the dog up on the throne. Oh. Because they left the dog when uh, he ran off with... Oh, after, okay. after he rescues Jack in the first one with the keys, the cannibals chase him down the beach. Yeah. Because Jack puts the necklace on him. So the dog's on the throne, and then the third one is. I, don't think um, I w- watched all the way through the credits after those two. I watched the the second. I remember the dog. The I parrot? don't remember the third one. Or was it just the idea of? Uh, oh no, it's the flash. It's the well, the flash forward. The ten years later, the. Uh, oh right, the, right. The, Them the, on the uh, island. Uh, um, what's her name? Elizabeth yeah, is waiting yeah. there with the now ten-year-old right. kid. That was after the credits. That's after yeah. the credits. I must have watched that one. <laughs> I remember that scene. I was fighting for it to be the parrot. That was my theory going in. It's like, well, we had the we had the we had the monkey and then we had the dog. So the only animal that's not been represented at the end of the credits yet is the parrot. So the parrot's going to have a great bit at the end of the third film. That wasn't there. Mm. Anyway, anything else? Let's talk Comic Con. I didn't have anything else. Oh, let's move on to news then. No, so there's <laughs> this little well, thing. It's in our news this week. That's, there wasn't much going on. There was apparently. a small little convention going yeah, on. Little convention you may have heard of it. People converged on San Diego for. I watched a story by CNN, and I think I got spoiled on Game of Thrones. Oh no! Yeah, Don't you should. Me. You should never watch. I didn't know he was. You a, should <laughs> never watch news coverage of the thing of, of, a, of a convention oh, about the things you love because you'll be like me and Meredith. Vera will ruin Doctor <laughs> Who for you. <laughs> will ruin a series, a finale of Doctor Who for you. Well, I, lo- I loaded up the story. Didn't know it was. Uh, they were talking to Kit Kidinger or whatever is Jon Snow, and showed started showing clips, and I'm like, oh, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 I, did, <laughs> I did watch the end memorandum video set to the Boyz II Men music. <laughs> <laughs> For Game of Thrones. For Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> After we finished season three, did they have to flash three, him up really quick? <laughs> <laughs> there was, there were some. They went to like the army people, and it's like number one through thirty-two, <laughs> and some just filed through the numbers really quickly. That's my favorite meme right now on Facebook. Is a picture of J.K. Rowling going, "It's really tough to kill off characters <laughs> in books," and then a picture of J.R.R. Tolkien going, "Please." <laughs> <laughs> You're cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think or I've seen. Yeah, I think I've seen another variation with Joss and Stephen Moffat. <laughs> but yeah, San Diego Comic Con's going on. Well, they had a little announcement today. My mom was asked it today. Me. She says yeah, it was yesterday. She says well, which one are we going with? Man of Steel. That was yesterday. What well, was yesterday? Was yesterday? Okay. My mom asked me. She says, "How come?" Oh yeah, the Doctor Who panel was today, right? <laughs> Because apparently I'm the con, I'm the con guy, you know. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How can you not in San Diego? Yeah, why aren't you in San did, Diego, did you know? Sean? She says she calls. You could have been doing did you know? reports for us. She called me up. Did you know the Big Bang cast showed up in costume? 
That's cool. <laughs> to be fair, that's not an entirely accurate statement. <laughs> that's not right. They, they, they apparently crashed it, according to my <laughs> There was a panel where you don't have to explain Johnny Galecki <laughs> showed up as Bosch right. in the audience and asked the question. <laughs> and and the, the, the woman who played, I don't know her name, who plays Bernadette, moderated, surprise moderated the panel. That's the only two people that were actually from the no, bank. She, that she was said there. everybody from the cast showed up in costume and was walking around the floor. <laughs> I find that dubious at best. But Considering Matt Smith put on a Bart Simpson mask just to walk the floor, yeah. I'm going to think that's not Simon Pegg apparently was walking around in the Shaun of the Dead white t-shirt, red tie with a Shaun <laughs> name tag with a Boba Fett helmet on. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody knew who he was. <laughs> that's great. I'm just going to walk up to total strangers when we go. Can I have your autograph? You might be somebody famous. <laughs> Will you take off your helmet? If they don't, then definitely get the autograph. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> anyway, let's talk about Man of Steel. Well, they talked about uh, the sequel to Man of Steel, which would be, I guess, Man of Steel they, 2. They haven't announced the title <laughs> they for announced it. The title. But they did drop the little bomb that Batman will not just be a cameo in it. Batman will significantly play into the storyline. So... Hopefully they're doing Kevin's. World's Finest. You know what I'd like to see, and I've said this probably a hundred times, I don't know if I said it on the show, but when John Byrne rebooted the series in the nineteen late 1980s, yeah, late 1980s, John Byrne rebooted the series, Man of Steel. And it was ironically enough called Man of Steel. The uh, six-issue miniseries that was a reboot was uh, called Man of Steel. And in the third story, I believe it is, um, Superman, it's a it's a Batman story, and he's chasing down Magpie, and it's a story where Superman comes basically to arrest Batman because he's working outside the law. He's uh, uh, a vigilante, and and, ba- and Superman doesn't have the that. I mean, he has more of the you know truth, justice, American way. We you know you you work with inside the law. You, he, he, and he basically, and Batman kind of proves to him throughout the story as to why he works that way, and it, it, it takes place in Gotham. So, it the, the, it really kind of shows the parallels between Metropolis and Gotham, and why in Gotham Batman is basically the protector, and why in Metropolis but Superman is the <laughs> protector. And it's a really fantastic story. And I don't know that I want them to tackle that story itself and do that scene for scene, but there's a lot of good things in there that I think they could. Use. I, I don't want to see the the Frank Miller uh, Dark Knight Returns. I don't want to see that confrontation because that can't happen that way early in their relationship. Yeah. It has to be. It, I mean, it, it works so well in, in Dark Knight Returns because it's a futuristic story. Right. I hope they strike that nice balance because they're and Frank Miller. I agree with him when he says, you know, these guys would not be friends. They come down on completely opposite sides of the issue. Right. And there's a part of me that agrees with that. But I would like to see them strike that balance where they start off a little adversarial because they are so opposite <laughs> yes, sides of the fence. Yes, that's what I like to see. And come to respect each other and do become but, friends. And that's like what they, they do like in, the, in the John Justice Byrne League. version. And that's why I, I hope that they at least you tailor this movie around that yeah. idea or that, you know, I don't want them to go. I, I, I want them to do what they do with Man of Steel and I want them to farm from different ideas in the story, not take one particular storyline, yeah. but farm different ideas, because I think that worked for Man of Steel. That's what I liked about well, Man of Steel. That's so. what's worked for pretty much any successful comic book comic film. Book film they, they, yeah. they don't do just one. They do That's true. Meld they borrow from all of them. Elements of, all, of all of them. So, I'm excited. I, 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 
Keith, you said you weren't shocked by this. I wasn't you weren't shocked. surprised. Because I was I, I, blown away. Because while I expected a cameo, I expected him to do something with I'm Batman. Ex- anyway. I, I, I'm surprised it's as big as a role as it's going to be, but I'm not surprised that it's that an announcement came or that it's going to be in there. Because yeah. as, as, as successful as Man of Steel was, a lot of fans are still bagging on it and still debating it, which debating it to some extent says it's successful. Mm. And they As want, they're, they're, and they're trying to win <laughs> back the audience again. Critic of uh, what fifty six, I think, right now it's still setting it. Yeah, and and they, they, Warner Brothers is struggling so much, and they're steamrolling right ahead to Justice League, no matter what. And that's just it. I I hope this isn't a gut reaction. I I have a feeling. I that hope a this bit. isn't because I don't think this was what Zack Snyder saw for these films, but. If you watch him in the announcement today, because somebody I, I saw some uh, camera phone video uh, of him talking about, he seems very excited about it. He sounds very, yeah. seems very excited, but I mean, on the other hand, it might be something he didn't think he could ever do. You know what I mean? Oh, he it's yeah. probably something it's he possible. looked at and thought, "Oh, wouldn't it be awesome to do this?" They're never going to. But or... okay, hey, yeah, I get to do Man of Steel, and I get to do Man of Steel too. And then suddenly, Warner Brothers comes in and says, "We want Batman to feature a little more heavily in, in Man of Steel too." Does Zack Snyder go? <laughs> you know, I didn't expect this. This is good. You know, so it could have worked for him that it way. It could have. Or it could have worked the opposite where he had this idea for, obviously, somebody said he had an idea for a trilogy. He already yeah. had things in the works in his head. And then suddenly Warner Brothers comes in and says, you know, we want Batman to, uh, you know, be more pro- prominent in this next movie because we're trying to get uh, Justice League fast-tracked. So it could have been the other side where he went, okay, this isn't exactly I just, where I was going to go with this, but I'll figure it out. So. I, I was excited about it when I first saw it, and as I thought about it and thought about it, I, I don't know if I was excited for it. Because I, unlike you guys, didn't have as many problems with Man of Steel. And I was really looking forward to the exploration that they were going to do in the sequel. And now I'm worried they're not going to do any of that exploration because, look, Batman's here. Yeah. I think and what it, it will completely destroy all the possibility that was set up in Man of Steel. I think that's I think that's probably true except for I so think that you makes can me still I think you can still explore the same elements with the characters. You can still make it a character film and bring Batman in as well because here's the beauty of it is is I don't think we have to develop the Batman character. We can continue well, to, be, just, to develop the, the Superman know character. Who he is. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So I think it, I think it'll work. I think you can I think you can pull it off. And I think that if if Nolan stays on board as a producer, and I mean he he had a lot well, to, he had a hand in a I lot of I the saw direction a port that Legendary and or whatever his company is and Warner Brothers are going the separate directions. Oh, are they? I thought I saw that. Universal, I think, picked up the rights for all the future legendary stuff. Now, obviously, I don't know how that would affect the the in-house. Maybe it's not... No, it's... uh, Psychentopy or that's, yeah, that's, that's the one I'm that's thinking his. of. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's legendary. Oh, legendary. Oh, legendary is, is going elsewhere, but Psychentopy is Nolan's. Yes, right? Is that correct? Legendary is a completely. Se- it's right. not I Nolan based. Right. I don't think. Yeah. So because Nolan, as far as I'm aware, has nothing to do with the Godzilla movie, and Legendary is doing Godzilla. He's well, I don't know because maybe it's just that they're so in, in I think they've always because uh, the, the Legendary's been involved in all the Nolan stuff. But yeah, well, like, regardless, I, I think that it'll be. I think they'll do a fun. I, I hope they do a good job with it. We're still Time way too tell. far out to know. Yeah, one way or another, it's hard to speculate on something like that. But that won't stop us. 
Um, anybody see Karen Gillan this weekend? Pictures of Karen? Yeah, I was kind of shocked. She did a Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> shaved her head. Well, she got yeah, she got a movie role and shaved her head. <laughs> the quote I she saw. Still looks I haven't seen the video. Pretty stunning, I think. And I'm, I'm sorry. Bald chicks are hot, with the exception of Sinead O'Connor. <laughs> <laughs> this that's not true. Sinead O'Connor. Everything about Sinead O'Connor turns me off, except she's a very attractive woman, and I think she's attractive bald. Look at her face. She's got a very, very pretty face. <laughs> Lieutenant Elia, Star Trek Motion Picture. Yeah, oh, hot. Yeah. Very, very attractive. So Perry, hot. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, but... Karen Gillan, hot. Shocking. I didn't expect that, even though I knew that she was in Guardians of the Galaxy. And uh, did you watch the panel? Really, it's on, I did The full thing's online. I saw, of course... We I saw were, clips. As we t- discussed before, a lot of things that people have quoted from Comic-Con is entirely accurate. But the quote I saw made it sound like she took it into her own hands and did it on her own accord just because, well, I really want to get into this role, so she shaved her head. No, Matt like Calder. Like, she might not Matt have Calder had said, hey, Like, she could have done a bald cap, but she chose not Matt to. Matt Calder said, hey, listen, we're all doing it. And so she said, okay. And then they called uh, Arthur Darvel, and they said, hey, we're all doing it. And Arthur said, well, i got to get a film deal first. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm busy doing a play. Yeah. Sorry, I need my hair. You, you, you hear that, Rory? The gauntlet has been <laughs> Shave your head and come to America. That'll be the trifecta. <laughs> Wouldn't that be something if that happened? Wouldn't that just be, be the weirdest? Cool. That would be of, really weird. You know. And then talk about serendipity. Then we called that. <laughs> <laughs> Three weeks from now, we'll be going, well, you heard it here first. And instead Arthur of Marvel's going to come up with a way to shave Jenna Coleman's head. <laughs> <laughs> and all all of his actors. Oh, my gosh, mine were born again. No. <laughs> uh, and then and I think I, there was something else this weekend. Reading the description of uh, Guardians of the Galaxy makes me kind of excited about what oh, they showed. I didn't see that. I didn't it, see it that. makes me kind of excited. Good. I know that the uh, Avengers got a title too. Yes, subtitle. What is it? Age of Ultron. Ultron. Yes. Not Voltron. Ultron. Ultron. Which kind of surprised me because I thought Ultron. I thought they were uh, Ultron is a. Because uh, I didn't know he's, until he's I read an Avengers an about it. Yeah, he was uh, created by Ant Man, and it's kind of like. Whoa! Wait! Back up. <laughs> you're going to have the Ant Man villain in Avengers, but you're not going to have Ant Man in Avengers. We don't need him. <laughs> Apparently, according to Joss. According to Joss, we don't need him. But 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 it makes me wonder if well maybe that's what the, happens the, at the, the end of Ant Man. Well yeah. Well, I think that that'll I like think grim. that'll be the reason why Ant Man comes into the Avengers. I don't think Ant Man will be will predominantly be in this one. But I wonder if it'll be a result of Ultron. The strange thing about that is is or that I wonder if, if they do the that, Ultron storyline. Then they're they're pushing the Thanos off onto something else because they're they're two different. Yeah, they're two different. It really makes Thanos at the end. And it's it sounds like from descriptions of Guardians, one of the characters is heavily involved with Thanos. It would make sense to push Thanos. Yes, well, because but well, and and Thanos has been was was established in Guardians first before they went. uh, Maybe they the Gauntlet route. It wouldn't surprise me if they feel like they need to build up the threat of Thanos more throughout more movies. That's why they're pushing it to the third movie. Because from what I can tell, well, that's my Thor impression now is not going to have any. Thanos, Thanos was stuff. a tease to the next film that, that's what I the, you know, the next spring off film, which will be Guardians of the Galaxy. I think that was a tease to that, is what it was. Instead of a big villain for Avengers, exactly. So, and maybe Thanos will 
be like an ultimate threat by the time so does the that open third the door Avengers rolls around for DC to push. I hope not, but does that does that open the door for them to push to get Darkseid out there first? Perhaps. Awesome. characters because it, that, 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 that's kind of the thing is I mean Dark is very much based on Thanos no and no yes no yeah it's, no no they admitted that no yes Dark has been around longer than Thanos right. yes no they admitted that Dark a no. complete rip actually from Thanos no. that they stole him Dark has been around longer okay anyway um, <laughs> but I didn't I didn't think DC actually had a shot of doing it because it would seem like they were now ripping off yeah, Thanos. Agreed. Because I thought for sure Avengers two was gonna, you know, bring him to the forefront. But I wonder now if that's gonna open that door. Maybe that's who it Batman could, it, will be helping Soup's fight in well, the two. See, I do not I d I don't I don't see them bringing Dark Side in that seems soon. too soon. Yeah. Well, but <laughs> this is D C we're talking that's about true. Warner Brothers. <laughs> Let's be honest. <laughs> They've not had the most stellar track record with their their hero titles. So Interesting. Batman <laughs> it's, well, it's, for the record, Thanos' first appearance was in February 1973 in Iron Man 55. And Darkseid Dark was Side. 1970. Yep. Really? Yep. I knew he was around a lot longer. His first full appearance was You remember I was a DC I was a DC kid. I, I was never not a Marvel you on kid. anything kind I was book. not I a Marvel know. kid. I <laughs> but that means that... Are you still DC? No, I'm Marvel now. Are you really? <laughs> yeah. Now I don't read comic books as much as I did, but I, I, I kind of, I, I started as a DC kid, and then kind of evolved into, and I, I kind of crossed the barriers and did both for a long time, and then I really found myself enjoying the Marvel titles more often. But okay. Eventually. So that means that somebody whose opinion I very much value and trust, who told me that, is wrong. So now I have to reevaluate everything I've ever heard from that person. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. To 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 be fair. I see a lot of parallels in the characters. And Darkseid, even though coming before, I think probably in the 80s when Thanos really started to become the force to be reckoned with, I wonder if DC at that time sort of took Darkseid the same direction and started parallel. And that's where the ripoff comes. But Darkseid's been around a lot longer. Well, I say a lot longer. Only three years, clearly. clearly but yeah. uh, who, who did that? Uh, <coughs> Thanos is Jack Kirby, right? Uh, could be. I mean, there's only like f- three guys or five guys in Marvel that's responsible. <laughs> that's, that's, that's true. <laughs> so, it's yeah, not Stan Lee, so it's got to be one of the throw other Throw a dart, you probably yeah. got it. So. Jim Starlin. Yeah. Okay. Well, and that, okay. At that time. Well, the I'm 70s. Stop talking yeah. about comic books. <laughs> in, the 70s, <laughs> there were, in the 70s, there were a lot more people involved. But What else was in the news? Uh, uh, Dr. Who had a panel. I think they had a panel. Yeah, a little small one, just... Craig Ferguson moderated it. Yeah, I heard that. What not that awesome? That is awesome. I, uh, Did you hear that. how he opened it? Uh-uh. Hello, sweetie. Ah, I thought maybe he did his uh, Doctor Who um, thing that they couldn't oh. air <laughs> on his show when Matt no, Smith was on the first not. time. Oh. That's too But bad. they showed a trailer for uh, an adventure of space and time. Yeah. Or is it time After they showed a trailer for the 50th anniversary. <laughs> Backwards. Yeah. And apparently, the most heartwarming moments, or the, the David uh, David Bradley's Bradley was there. Do you see his really? quote? Yeah. Uh-uh. Um, the most poignant moment in discussing the portrayal of Hartnell, he said, "I like to tell my grandchildren I played the Doctor. That for me is enough." Yeah, I did see that. I did see. I did read that. That's pretty cool. That's and, very cool. And and everybody still now we we've we've admitted this from seeing the stills from from the show, but everybody there that got to see this trailer said. 
it, he so is Richard Hartnell, or Richard Hartnell. William Hartnell, <laughs> not Richard Hartnell. William Hartnell. He, he is. He is so Richard Hartnell. So or I did it again. <laughs> Hartnell, William Hartnell. That he's he's re- just. You would swear that that was that was William on the screen. So <laughs> good. That's what it needed to do maybe happen. I think. In the 50th. I don't think it'd be in the fiftieth, but that sure opens the door to do a twelfth uh, Doctor and first Doctor <laughs> get together. True. Kind of cool. I'd be down for that. Yeah. Do you see when? Uh, I'm getting all this from BBC's Anglophenia blog because the panel hasn't been posted, obviously. Right, right. Um, Unfortunately, neither is the 50th anniversary trailer. Yeah. Uh, somebody asked, we're not clear if this is John Barrowman in a hat asking this question of why Captain Jack isn't in the 50th. <laughs> Wouldn't surprise me if he snuck in there with he sunglasses. Had going into it. <laughs> <laughs> and Moffat replied, how do you know who's in the special? <laughs> but if we have a great story for Captain Jack, we'll bring him back. He added afterwards, uh, and he also said he's been lying his butt off. About who's been lying his butt off? Moffat. Moffat's Moffat been about been what's been in, what's in the special. Ah, trying to keep things quiet. I'm sure he has. <laughs> but really, I said that to Sarah, and Sarah said, "What has he said though? He hasn't really said anything about the special. He keeps the you know what everything. He's, exactly, he's lying his ass <laughs> off. That's that's the point. He's, just he's, he's been lying about what's not in it, and. That's what I expect. I expect to sit down and watch 15th and go, you said it wasn't in there. You said he wasn't in there. You said this wasn't going to happen. It's not so much a matter of what I told you was going to happen. You said Daleks were going to be in there. Oh, wait. Everything everything I told you wasn't happening is happening. The the, the name of the episode is The Kitchen Sink. (laughs) I think it's called Bait and Switch is what it is. Actually, I read somewhere that it was called the Final Hour. Uh, I saw that the Christmas that, special. That's the Christmas special. I think is. The I, I saw. Do so we have a name for the Christmas special no, already, I, and not the 50th? I saw that online, and then I went back to the quote that found I found the interview that it came from, and it was an interview with Matt Smith calling it his Final Hour. Oh, uh, so they uh, took it out of context. Yeah, again. some more rumors. But that does that does fit. It, it would it would be very nice. More Marco Polo showing. <laughs> It's more people going, oh! Although I heard Marco Polo's in the 50th anniversary. Oh, well, then he isn't. <laughs> <laughs> Here's what we can tell you about the 50th anniversary that we know 100% is true. It'll be on in November. <laughs> November 23rd, to be precise. November 23rd. Yes. And? True. And there will be Daleks. There will be Daleks. There will Spoilers. Be Daleks. But you're going to hear about it all week because that was in the... In the uh, you heard it here... So, Fourth or fifth or sixth, <laughs> uh, Sean. I'm assuming you didn't or read the tenth, description. Of depending the on when I get this episode out. No, I did. You read the description of the trailer? A little bit, not all of it. I saw. I went like looking treasure. for the yeah, actual trailer. All day. I knew they weren't going to post it. I just know because mm. <laughs> only one company is smart. I think that's maybe the problem is that I, I see things like that. That to me is a spoiler. Oh, there's this. It's going to be in the trailer. Once I, but once I see the trailer. I'm okay with it because that's an officially licensed BBC. Ta-da! Here they it is. So I'm okay to watch well, that. They but released the pictures on BBC. I don't want to see pictures of the trailer. That's I want to see the trailer. I want to see the trailer. <laughs> I don't care if BBC or Bob gave me the pictures of the trailer. It's pictures of a trailer. I want to see the trailer. So I'm going to stricken that from it's my mind. Pictures of a trailer. No, just you said a pictures of a trailer, and I just had this image in my head of like this RV, <laughs> Winnebago, Winnebago, yeah, Winnebago. <laughs> Picture of a trailer. Picture of a trailer. <laughs> I guess we're done with that. Then let's move on to feedback. <laughs> There's not there much no we can say. To talk yeah, about without, without going into without the actual. The, trailer, the big thing know. was Daleks 
are in, there will be in Zygons. So. And, and don't, don't I'm telling sure. you, the Zygons are a... I'm going to say it again because I said this months and months and months ago. The Zygons are going to be a pre-credit villain. That's it. I guarantee I it. That's why we got shots of it so, so early. I think the Zygons will be shape-shifting as Daleks. No, no, no. <laughs> They might. You know what's, what's impressive is we haven't seen any they, the, set photos of Daleks. That's just on. it. Well, that's true. But I, I think they... But then the, they don't the, take the Zygons are a red herring. They were released so long ago so that everybody said, oh, the Zygons are going to be... The Zygons are gonna be they're going to be the villain. They're going to be the villain. I think it's going to be a... I think we're going to see David and Billy dispatching of the Zygons. And then a tray. And then the... And then the big villains will be the Daleks. I I just almost guarantee that's how it's going to happen now. I don't see them teaming. The Zygons and the Daleks. That's more of a master move. Yeah. (gasps) The master of the Zygons. The master of the the Zygons. Against the Daleks. We'll see. (laughs) Maybe that's who John Hurt really is. We'll see. All right, so that is the end of our news segment. Next up will be Feedback. I don't have a song this week. Oh, you don't oh. really? Oh. I really don't. So I gave you all that time for nothing. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was prepared. I've got a song. And I don't have a song. Hold on. I was busy. We've been integrating it. DVDs. And Keith's it's, got a song. It's been a I'm not going to sing it. I'm just going to play it. No, you sing it. No, you have to I, I got to sing. That's I, how you I, I haven't changed lyrics for it. Sing. I'm not. I'm, I'm just going to play it. First, you have to unmute your, your sound. <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh good God! Are you still going on about okay. John Did you did you see his post? Did why? You know why they no, reunited why on tri- Jimmy Fallon? Okay, so for Friday the listeners night. that didn't join us on Friday Night Who, I brought up that Uncle Jesse was trending on Twitter. I said you know, on, a, on a whole separate note, Uncle Jesse's trending on Twitter because I was just curious, and we got onto this whole tangent of talking about Full House because and, that's the, of course I kept talking about the Dukes of Hazards because that's Uncle Jesse to me. But um, when we <laughs> talked about Full House and how you know. Jesse was cute. This is awesome. This is awesome. Jimmy Fallon had them on his show, had in character. That's Jesse in character. I mean, that's John Stamos in character as Jesse. Dan Tanner is in the audience. This is the band. This is the Rippers. Dan Tanner is in the audience, and Becky comes out at the end. It's awesome. He says this one night only the reunion. Re, re, you know they had a hit in the eighties and their big hit in China or in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, in the ninety big hit in China, and it was awesome. Uh, Jimmy a, is Fallon a, is so on. cool. Is it a Full House joke? <laughs> it is a Full House joke. Automatically not cool. No, yes. no, no, no. Cool because it's an obscure <laughs> Full House <laughs> joke. Jimmy Fallon has now jumped the shark. I'm pretty no, sure he did that long ago. No. <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. Jimmy Fallon. Never Jimmy House. Fallon knows how to use pop culture. He, yes, he, he really he, does. That's give, what drives that. his show. I'll give you that. I never to do House. this was really really clever. And then they eventually go to the theme song. Yeah, they they did a medley, and they did they did they started out with that one that was the song that their song, and then uh, they did like uh, which is a cover of Beach shake. Boys too. Well, they did first. Did they do else, a uh, Elvis one? And then Hippie Hippie Shake? Little, you know, yeah, Little Sister. Little you? Sister, yeah. yeah. Okay. And then uh, Hippie Hippie Shake. And then, and then I the think theme. That was the theme yeah. song was the last one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't like, I've never liked Full House. I watched it when I was I can tell. younger. I grew up on um, it. Well, I was much older than you when I was watching it. But, <laughs> and my kids enjoy it now because it's on ABC Family, so they watch it a lot. Uh, 
Oh, I forgot to show Caitlin that, though. Dang it. We oh. do that tonight. Oh, I tweeted it, so just go to my Twitter page. Yes. Well, that's where I saw it. That's what I was on. I was on Twitter, and it came up and went, oh, so I, had exp- I showed Holly, then I explained to Holly why you had tweeted it. So. Well, Holly thought it was pretty cool, too. I showed right. Sarah, and she loved it. So. First up I is Scott. Scott. He says, hi, Kansas crew. So what I didn't fully... When I didn't explain fully before was that I have seen bits and pieces of Mind Warp since I first saw it in the 80s. I just haven't been able to withstand seeing it from the start to finish since then. It truly grates on my nerves like scratching on a chalkboard in a fish processing plant with no windows and 100 degree weather surrounded by clowns. Uh. <laughs> I was okay until my last Keep part. Keep shuttered. <laughs> okay, wait. Girl, wait. Anyways. So... I was okay Scratch, with scratching, scratching on chalkboard, chalkboard and a fish processing plant with no windows and 100 degree weather. Surrounded by clowns. It's the clowns I have a problem with. <laughs> That's pretty harsh. It is harsh. <laughs> Still, Scott really doesn't like chalkboard. <laughs> Still, Sean made some good points, and no one likes a gauntlet throw down just to lay on the ground. So I'll pick it up. I've never even tried to look at, for the story, but I'll see. I'll try to see see it and comments by the end of trial review. Oh, and this, oh, the stench of f- fishy, sweaty clowns. <laughs> Scott. <laughs> did I throw a gauntlet down? You, you did throw a gauntlet Yes, you did. I don't think I threw a gauntlet down. Yes, you did. No, you cast it straight down. You said, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. You said, the words I think were, yeah, quote, I'm throwing the gauntlet down. I may have lightly suggested he go back no, and revisit No, you challenged him. That was a full-out challenge. Yes. And he, did you hear him say you had yes. some good points? Which I don't ever agree with that. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but he's, he's going back to watch it Maybe again. Maybe he'll so come away with you, it. He'll go. You know what? It was only one window open. <laughs> on the, the fish Maybe there were no clowns after all. No clowns. No, the clowns will still be there. Uh, They'll just have bald heads. Well, good for you, Scott. We're we're excited. A lot of eyeliner and. Scream like Brian Blessed. <laughs> and go. <laughs> oh, God. <All> right. <laughs> Scariest clowns ever. Next up <laughs> is Brenda. Yeah. Brenda writes Holy Space Buffalo Batman. <laughs> Stay in school. Don't be a space buffalo. <laughs> Dear Vortex Gang, I enjoyed hearing Glenn and Keith share their thoughts last week about the Doctor Who proms. In the time since I wrote my review, I did find the lyrics to the 50th anniversary piece, Song for 50, and realized the slight difference in the last line to what I thought I'd heard. I have to ask, however, who in the universe wrote those god-awful lyrics? <laughs> that would be Murray Gold. We, we always play, praised his music. We never heard any of his lyrics. They just ramble like, about like someone's intoxicated mutterings. Quote, and as we stumble down our slow road, I can't but wonder what it would be like to run away with you through time. Where would we go? Who might we find? End quote. That's pretentious enough. But, quote, fumbling and bumbling while all around is crumbling and stumbling through time like you're a madman. Still, it's humbling to watch you reconcile divergent creeds without succumbing to the lure of weapons, force, or greed. You only use intelligence, jokes, and charm. Holy cow. Or should I say... Holy Space Buffalo. And I thought the music was cheesy. (laughs) As a tribute song, I think those lyrics are fine. Because it does really speak to the character. That's all I have to say. Hey, it's better than Doctor in Distress. They are corny as heck. Oh, yeah. Much better than Doctor (laughs) in Distress. He could have done that, Brenda. (laughs) Could you imagine if that's how they closed up the prom? That would have been awesome. (laughs) 
<laughs> they could have got Colin Baker to come back and say <laughs> And Nicola. And Nicola, yeah. Thunder in distress. It's like bad fan poetry. <laughs> I have read that the plan is to air the show on BBC One closer to the time of the 50th anniversary, but they haven't mentioned a date yet. If they're holding on to it until then, it'll likely be on the next DVD that comes out after the Series 7 box set, whatever it's going to be on, the 50th special, the Gettys docudrama, the Christmas special, or whatever. However, I finally get to see the concert in it. Whenever I finally get to see the concert in its entirely, I'll know I love it because I've certainly enjoyed the clips I've seen. I've also managed to figure out how to rip streaming audio, so now I can have an audio file of the concert. It's probably illegal, but the BBC has to come after me first. <laughs> I doubt they'll make the effort. Only illegal if you share it. And now that we've announced that to thousands of people, you might be getting a knock on your door. Right now. <laughs> hey, they she know, didn't share it with anybody. They know you're in Atlanta. <laughs> she didn't offer it to us. No, last she didn't. Week. Didn't she? No, she said, "It's here's the link of where you can oh, yeah. rip it if you knew how." That's true because she at that time didn't know. Yeah, how. So, yeah, you're right. Not that we're promoting. <laughs> <laughs> this is where you're supposed to throw in a legal disclaimer. Yeah. That's not my department. I just no, yeah. okay. Now, speaking of space buffaloes... No, because I'm going to have her share. No, I actually... actually I, 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 I actually uh, used the stream and made my own copy, so we'll just start time and dig t- t- together. <laughs> I'd like to throw this out there on behalf of Trailer Vortex. The opinions and thoughts of Glenn Bartlett are not necessarily those of the rest of the podcast. And to say that BBC, if it's you not make illegal these things to, available here, we wouldn't illegal, be doing this. It's like recording things off the radio. That's perfectly fine. You just can't Put share that with other people. Okay, you can't sell that to other people. Or so. <laughs> I'm not making money off of it. I'm just enjoying it in my own time, in my own home. So when I would get my tape, my Fisher Price tape recorder out, and I would record Solid Gold when it was on on Sunday nights, that, yeah. that was okay? You should think... The people that recorded Doctor uh, yeah. Who oh, audio that way, because that's how we have some of the surviving audio. I of do, the ones I do, that I do thank them. So, I thank them you go. from the bottom of my heart. You and I'm sure BBC thanks people. them after they sue them. <laughs> 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 oh, you, rec- you you saved something we threw away. Uh, maybe we won't sue you. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it boils down to. If you give Can it to we us, get a we copy of that back. <laughs> That's what you're doing, Brenda. You're archiving it because the BBC has not been diligent with their... We know what they're up to. And that's the only reason I'm saving the proms. I'm afraid they'll wipe it. They'll, wipe it. <laughs> they'll come back to me in 30 years and go, Hey, can we have a copy of this? <laughs> that's going to be my argument. Whenever anybody ever comes to me... Hey, hey, hey. They've done it before. <laughs> now, speaking of space buffaloes... I hadn't seen anything you reviewed last week, but I still laughed out loud as the three of you journeyed down the tangential highway. Hmm. Now there's a feedback song for you, Sean. Ventura Tangential (laughs) Highway. Fun show, guys. As you look back to the Six Doctors era this week, which is actually next week, I want to weigh in about my experiences with Old Sixty, as Colin Baker refers to him. I've only seen him in the regeneration scene from Caves of Androzani and in Vengeance on Veros since I've been limited thus far to episodes available online. From those two experiences, I wasn't terribly fond of his characterization, finding him, as I suspect many in fandom did, pretentious, haughty, and not terribly likable. After seeing the Sixth Doctor revisited, however, I felt a bit differently about him. Colin repeatedly emphasized that he was scripted to be a bit of an arse, and he seemed to be regretful about this. He clearly loves Doctor Who and appreciates his time carrying the torch for the show. I saw that in the revisited special, but even more in other videos I've seen this year looking back on the history of the show. 
I feel now that he was given a tough road to hoe, and that he has been unfairly held responsible for the show's shortcomings during his run. I'd be interested in hearing your perspectives on his time, because, to me, it seems like the BBC brass had lost interest in Doctor Who by that time, and they were either intentionally or accidentally trying to kill it. I also need to find a way to see a few more stories of Six. Guess it's time to make a visit to my public library, though it's a bit of a distance away from me. But that'll make Chrissy happy, I'm sure. Anybody want to weigh in on any of that? Brenda, I'll tell you, we're, we're going to do a little bit more on the retrospective next week. Uh, this week we'll talk about the uh, revisited special. But um, I do want to say, if you can get a chance, and I don't remember if you're doing any of the uh, Big Finish audios, if you can get a hold of some of those Big Finish audios, specifically the Six Doctors stories, the, the 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 character will open up to you. I mean, you'll definitely get the ones on on video and see those when you when you know, if you can at the library. But I I so or thoroughly enjoy store. yes you can buy it through <laughs> Amazon store. I so thoroughly enjoy the Sixth Doctor now because of the Big Finish audios, and I highly recommend his stories. She should definitely hear Doctor Who the pilot. Pirates. <laughs> she should definitely listen to that one. Don't do that one first. No, but no, no, you should no, definitely no, do that one because that coming up you'd have the, an appreciation uh, for that, I'm sure. Not too distant future. <laughs> it's on the horizon. I'm still counting the days till we leave for the UK. August 2nd just can't get here fast enough for me. And if you truly don't like Jemmy Dodgers from your previous experiences, I'll have to get you some more for you to try because I really like them. Perhaps you just didn't have a good kind when you tried them before. How can you go wrong with shortbread and raspberry jam? It was raspberry? I'll tell you how you can go wrong. It was shortbread and raspberry jam. Uh, here's the thing, though. <laughs> I wonder if we had a really old cup. Oh, we should have had an old Because we, really we had imports, so, I mean, they, it probably took them six months to get over here. They took a slow one to boat. China yeah. before they came so, over. <laughs> I mean, it might have been a brand thing, because I have found I like the jelly babies that you get in the bag better than the first brand that I ever bought. Oh, so, uh, in the bag more than the box? Oh. The box is the first ones I got, and oh, I, really? I didn't like them as well as the ones. See, we like the, no, the other way. We've different got them with the box better now. But we can never find the box now. The yeah, I, I don't ever. See, I only yeah, see the, bag. the, the, the yellow bag. The bag. Yeah, yeah, and the tavers. Yes, the, yes, yes that's the box. Yes, see, yeah, see, I, like I'm, the, I'm the opposite. My, my I prefer I prefer the ones in the bag. I have jelly babies. I eat them all. So maybe we do need to try. Maybe we do need to try. That gauntlet has been thrown down. We'll pick it up and say, yeah, maybe we need to revisit the Jamie and don't worry about me bringing any Marmite home. I dare not take the chance on the jar breaking and that nasty stuff getting into my suitcase. I'm sure it's a biohazard to ship that across state lines without some sort of weird container. As for bringing Jenna Coleman home for Glenn, she might very well fit into a suitcase. But there's a 50-pound weight limit on international flights. And even though she's tiny, I think she weighs a bit more than that. Besides, if I'm going to go over my weight limit to smuggle anyone through customs, it'll be either David Tennant or Matt Smith. <laughs> or perhaps Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> Have a great week, Brenda. The trifecta there. Oh, very good. Now, Brenda wrote in again. Uh, got to share this news is the title of this one. Dear Vortex Gang, I know I already sent feedback this week, but I just got an email from the ticket office at the Doctor Who Experience with some thrilling news, and I just have to share it with someone who will appreciate it. That's us. <laughs> As has already been announced, they are offering some special Doctor Who location tours from July 25th through August 25th, and I was already planning to see if I could add one of these tours to the ticket I already have booked, but they beat me to the punch by sending messages to everyone who has already booked tickets in that time frame, offering the upgrades to our tickets before they go on sale to the so general cool. public on Tuesday. Ooh, nice. Now, in addition to the experience, 
I will be able to go next door to BBC Wales Cymru Studios <laughs> to see the actual TARDIS set that they are currently Yay. using. That sound you just heard was all of our jaws hitting the floor. <laughs> <laughs> then we will go on a walking tour of Cardiff Bay to see some of the locations they have used over the years of filming. I am grinning like an idiot and probably will continue to do so for the next two years. <laughs> How is this for cool? That's super awesome cool. See below for their instructions as to where we will meet our tour guide. Doctor Who Experience Foyer by Bessie, the Doctor Who, the Doctor's yellow Edwardian car. Woohoo, Brendan. <laughs> <laughs> so how would that be for the start of your walking tour? So meet jealous. me by the car. Cool. Oh. <laughs> meet me by Messy. Bessie. Yes. Messy? Bessie. Bessie. Bessie will be us when we eat the uh, Jamie Dodgers. <laughs> well, she could be messy if you ate Jamie Dodgers on the tour. That's you true. Might get get them on. Get them on. That Bessie. raspberry That's jam true. on the car would probably be good. You probably can't touch this. I would think not. I would probably think not. not. It's I would probably roped, roped off, off with yeah. velvet ropes. And... <laughs> what are you looking at me for? Crushed velvet ropes. <laughs> <laughs> spared no expense. Ah, <laughs> oh, uh, next that was up. A good one. I, I see what you did there. <laughs> next up, Michelle. Michelle writes. Convention volunteering. Hey guys, I'm writing in because I have decided to volunteer at Fan Expo Canada this year rather than pay for a ticket. Thanks for giving me the idea, by the way. <laughs> You're welcome. And I have an interview for that next Sunday, and I was wondering if you had any advice for me for that. Thanks, Michelle. Well, we have all volunteered at a con. Um, we volunteered this year. We didn't have to interview. <laughs> Of course, I think they were, we were desperate asked to attend. Well, I think they were desperate. For, <laughs> we were asked to attend, but I think they were also desperate for volunteers. That's why we. Yeah. Uh, and we found out we were doing things at Glenn that we had <clears throat> planned. Fan Expo no, Canada is probably so large that they probably do on aud- audition. They do interview their volunteers because they probably get a lot of people that volunteer to be volunteers. So, uh, what do you think, Sean? What kind of advice would you give her? Um, be enthusiastic yet professional. Outgoing. Be outgoing. Mm-hmm. Be excited about the fandom, but not that fan. Not obsessive. Not obsessive. Don't be fanatical. Yes. Well, that's basically <laughs> that's the definition, definition of a fan. fan but mm. what do you mean? Fan <laughs> comes from it's I, I, short I, for I, fanatic. I understand that, but they're, they're, in, my, in my mind, just don't be obsessive. Okay. There's a difference between fans. <laughs> don't be and one of those fans. Those fans. Yeah, absolutely. But you can't say don't be fanatical. <laughs> that's what a fan is. Don't be us. Try not to squeeze. Michelle, this is what you do. Everything that you have ever heard us do, don't do that. that that's kind yeah. of the... <laughs> uh, I just th- throw in there, just, I think, be sure to, to make them understand that you're prompt, you're courteous, you're... I mean, yeah, cause, because some of the one. things you'll be doing are uh, interacting with guests, you'll be holding tables, or you'll be, uh, you know, probably escorting... Uh, you could be escorting important people around a building. Um, you want to make sure you're there on time. Make sure you find your people so you aren't like me and leave somebody behind. Um, and just, I, I think, convey to them that you know you're a responsible person and that you, even though you're a fan and and like Sean said, don't be obsessive about it. Don't be that fan. Um, just make the, make sure they understand that even though you're a fan, you're responsible and, and, and can be courteous about the, the whole situation. So, But enthusiastic. Yeah, enthusiastic yeah. about doing it. And good they, luck. Yeah. I hope I hope you get Let the opportunity it because it's it's really kind of cool. Is going to be there? I went, into, be there? I went into uh, Comic-Con, Comic-Con volunteering thinking, I don't know if I want to do this because, you know, there's a lot more and I didn't think. But... 
Planet Comic Con does it well so that you're volunteering in such a, a, a small time that you have an opportunity to do all the things you want to do. And the nice thing about volunteering is you kind of get, you know, we, we got in early. Uh, we got to kind of, we walked the uh, uh, exhibition floor for our particular con. And, you know, so you get, you get to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of what's going on as well. And, and uh, you kind of get free reign of the place. So that's yeah, what's really cool about fun. volunteering. I just looked at the, uh, Keith pulled up the guest list. Of just out of curiosity. Wow. I'm squeeing already, so I Who's all going to be there? Okay. I can do the list. Stan Lee. Ooh. Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan? Oh, God. Nathan Fillion. Ooh. Zachary Quinto. Ooh. Carl Urban. Ooh. Carl, Carl Urban. Wait, who's that? Oh, that's the, uh, McCoy, yeah. Yeah. I always think Keith Urban. Anytime somebody says Carl Urban, I think, there's going to be a country singer there? <laughs> Carl Norman yes. Reedus. Who? Uh, Merle from The Walking Dead. He was also one of the Boondock Saints. Don't know that. Is he Merle or Daryl? Daryl. You're right. I'm sorry, Daryl. <laughs> Merle. Merle's also going to be there. Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker. Oh. What else has he been in? Uh, he was in Slither. <laughs> They're not selling him. Uh, he's going to be in <laughs> to me. Guardians of the Galaxy. Mallrats. Oh, oh yeah. Mall okay. No, I, know, I yeah. know exactly who you're talking about. Emory, Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yeah. Uh, also, Lori Holden, also from Walking Dead, who was in Silent Hill. Yeah. Uh, Ron Perlman. Ooh, that's that's cool. Carrie Fisher. Ooh, who's she? <laughs> a little. She was in this little film a few years back called The Blues Brothers. Ah, a little known guy of David Hasselhoff. <laughs> the Hoff is going to be there. <gasps> I Kate, must go to Canada. Katie, Segal. my kids would want to go to that because he was in the SpongeBob Sable? movie. Seagal? Katie Seagal? That's uh, Leela. Yeah. Or not Leela. Yeah, yeah it's Leela. Leela. That's Peg. That's Sorry. And Peg. <laughs> Peg Bundy. Gina Torres. Alright, fine. Uh, she was in Lost, too. No, not she not her. Uh, Peg Bundy was. Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was. Uh, Marina Baccarin. Alright, keep up. Faster, Alice Cooper. Faster, faster. Alice Cooper? Wait, oh, the rock star? <laughs> yes. Wow. Richard Dean Anderson. See, oh. I, tell him, I tell him to speed up, and then I go, wait, what? <laughs> Who? <laughs> Colin Baker. Who's that? Oh, yeah. Who knows? <laughs> Stephen Amell, who's the guy who plays Arrow now. Ian McDermott. Oh, my. <laughs> oh they're killing me. Wow. George Takai. Michelle Nichols. Todd McFarlane. James Hong. Luke Perry. James Hong's going to be there? Jason Priestley, Dean Logan? Clark, Linda Hamilton. Whoa, 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 whoa. Who's Jason Priestley? 90210? <laughs> yeah. Jason yes. Priestley? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> I guess it's Fan Expo. It's not sci fi. <laughs> yeah. We now have Scoopers there for crying out loud. Well, he was on. Uh, he's on more science fiction. Than, huh? No, I mean, that was Luke no, Perry. No, that was Luke Perry, yeah. Well, wasn't, wasn't it Presley that was in True Calling? Tombstone. He was in Tombstone. That's not science fiction either. Well, sure. True Calling was. It was totally science fiction. <laughs> <laughs> the shit at the OK Corral, nobody got shot. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're thinking of the gunfight at the OK Let me finish it up real quick. Dean Kane, Linda Hamilton, the Ashmore Brothers, which is Sean and Aaron, um, Max Brooks, Chum Lee, and Lena Headley. Oh, wait, no, she was postponed. I'm sorry. What? She was postponed. She was postponed. That's why she's at the bottom of the list. What does postponed mean? I guess she's not going to make it this year. I mean, she's postponed. coming Sunday night late. It doesn't mean canceled. <laughs> it just means... That's true. I don't she's know. coming Sunday night late. <laughs> She'll be there for the after party. Well, Michelle, good. that's really good luck, because that'll be really now super I, awesome. Now I understand why they're interviewing yeah, for it. That's yeah. awesome. Maybe you'll get to hang with Colin. Yeah. Maybe you could... Oh, yeah, make sure you tell him you're Dr. Who. 
and you, that you know something about yeah. Doctor Who because maybe that'll get you an in. Yeah, maybe. And don't mention us until afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> when is that? It is August, August twenty second yeah. to the twenty fifth. So she's going to see Colin before you see Colin. Yeah. Colin. I don't know. Maybe I'll blow off the alley next year and go this year to. <laughs> <laughs> you guys don't need me at the store in August, right? Nah. I can take off. <laughs> sure. Your system in a now. month you got from a now. Pool. <laughs> oh, yeah, I got so much pull. <laughs> All right. Well, good good luck to you. Good luck, Michelle. Next up is Rachel. Yeah, boy. Uh, Rachel writes in comment question hey Vortex Voice I've always wanted to say that Rachel here as I said on your Facebook page I've been listening for several weeks and this is my first time sending feedback I'm listening to your show from the beginning trying to catch up to present day I have to say it's fun hearing you guys try and figure out the various storylines knowing that I know the answers to the questions since I'm technically listening from the future <laughs> and you'll eventually got caught, get caught up as the series progresses wibbly wobbly timey wimey I've thoroughly enjoyed participating in Friday Night Who even if I'm even if I'm a few years beyond staying up that late keep up the great work and I look forward to joining in the build up to the 50th anniversary uh, Rachel you're not that much older than Sean or I or maybe not even older than I Sean or I younger We're, yeah, than you we, we stay up till midnight of course it's a challenge for the old guys too but the only one the only one that's really used to it is Keith he's still the young whippersnapper and he still hasn't adjusted his schedule of course he hasn't had kids yet either it's so. true or have uh, a reason to get up early. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I don't have to be at work outside. until twelve thirty. <laughs> well, I don't have to be work till two, but I have to be up at seven for the kids. So, very good. Well, thank you, Rachel, and we're thank enjoying you, having you on Friday night. Yes, yes. Keep, 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 keep uh, tuning in because it's I, a lot I, of fun. I thank you for listening. Although, once again, I question why any listener would go back <laughs> episodes and listen to us from the beginning. But, hey, we it sound makes so you young. Happy. Okay. <laughs> she gets to appreciate and how far we've come. We are kids, <laughs> and and poor audio quality because huddled around one rock band microphone. Yeah, back back in the days, uh, huddled around a rock band mic uphill both ways <laughs> in the snow. In the snow, barefoot, next door to the firehouse. <laughs> and that barking dog. Oh, you remember before I got the AC in that room? Oh God, <laughs> yeah, it was so warm. Oh. Uh, we open a window and then the fire trucks would leave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh, Next, I don't days. miss that place. <laughs> Next up is Holly. Holly writes, Trial of a Time Lord, Terror of the Vervoids. Hey, guys. Loved the feedback song from last episode. Can't go wrong with the safety dance. Thank you, Holly. This was an interesting story. We get introduced to Mel for the first time. You know what she won't be saying next week? Good job but on I the, the feedback, feedback song. song. Yeah, <laughs> She'll be congratulating me. Oh, yeah, yeah. For bringing up Does that Chrissy and the Rippers. No one will congratulate you on... Hey, no. Chrissy and Brittany wanted us to open this show with that song, with the theme song. You Just do, to throw everyone off. off because I will who walk off there. the set next week. I will, show I will take my You don't listen to our show. You won't know. You I listen to it more than I You do. opened with Flash Gordon last week, like I suggested. You didn't suggest opening with Flash. Oh, yes, you did. We yes, talked so about the end. I had already, I already had the idea, but yes, you did. How could we not open with Flash last week? We closed with Flash Gordon, too. And I forgot to put the legal disclaimer on it. I was going to call you about that, and I forgot to do it. Well, you just do it twice this week. Yeah, I'll do it twice. This was an interesting story. We get introduced to Mel for the first time. I can see why the doctor would be a little leery about the carrot juice. 
<laughs> I really don't think the doctor's too out of shape with all the running that he's been doing. The doctor's doing pretty well defending himself. The Inquisitor may be nudged into believing the doctor's uh, believing the doctor that someone's been meddling around in the Matrix. Mel can lighten up slightly and let the doctor have some sweets. The ending in the courtroom with the doctor being accused of the Article 7 of the Time Lords with genocide, I was yelling at the screen that the other Time Lords can be accused of that article as well, with the Time Lords wanting the doctor to help get rid of the Daleks. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on this story. Holly from Wisconsin. I hadn't thought about that. I, wish they, good point. I, I had, and I wish they had brought that up. And that was one of the well, things that I think that would have been nice for the doctor who said that. Well, you know, you sent me once before. Just there, as there is still more trial cash. coming. <laughs> yeah, there is more trial I, coming. I can, I, can, I can hold out hope that... You keep, that, that you was keep kind of, holding out that hope. Because <laughs> that was right? the cliffhanger. I mean, you never know. Isn't it weird, though, that... Um, he, he, he gets charged with genocide because he wiped out all of the verbal... So he, he wiped out six plants. Six plants. That's charged with genocide, which is Article 7. What's one through six? Yeah. <laughs> what, could you, what atrocity could you possibly commit that warrants being higher on that list than seven? I mean, doesn't that seem weird? No, it's, it's a little weird. I don't know. Thou shalt not commit a genocide. <laughs> But it's way down on the list. Adultery is, you know, that's more important than, I don't know, weird. Next up is Daryl. Daryl writes, question, answer, your name, <laughs> Daryl. Uh, Twitter <laughs> handle, don't have a handle on it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> comic question. I hello. you were whipping a dead horse. It's actually been crazy. <laughs> okay. Comic question, hello, Vortexians. It's been a while. Just wanted to say a quick hello and comment on Trial of a Time Lord. Hello. And now on to trial of the time. <laughs> oh, our listeners. <laughs> I followed the JNT, Michael Gray, Doctor Who saga in the 1980s when it was happening. I even bought Doctor in Distress on vinyl at the time, 45 and 33. I was quite disappointed that the original season 23 was axed and replaced with TOAT. That's trial, trial of time, time, by the way. Uh, I like, or tote. Tote! <laughs> <laughs> Next week's show will be called Toast. Toast. <laughs> I like the darkness of season 22, and season 23 was shaping up to be good. The Celestial Toymaker, Sill, and the Ice Warriors were to appear, but ratings weren't great, and they claimed that there was too much violence, and that, and that was that. Then came the 18-month hiatus, which gave the producer a reduced slate of 14 episodes to work with, and that birthed 14 episodes of crap. <laughs> Oh, wow. It's well documented that there was a uh, conflict between Eric Soward and J&T, Sayward, and J&T, which affected the scripts and editing, and also Robert Holmes' failing, Robert's Holmes's failing health took its toll on the scripts. It was a mess. There were some good things about the series, like the new intro, Glitz and Dibbler, Dibbler Brian Blessed, and, well, that's about it. <laughs> Let's not even talk about the finale. Spoilers, it made Mind Warp irrelevant. <laughs> That's another strike against Mind Warp now that I think about it. All right. I also cannot stand that many consider the Trial of a Time Lord series one story. No, no, no. Uh-huh. It is quite <laughs> evident that they are four distinct stories. Otherwise, we wouldn't have names for them or rate them individually. They were written by separate people and directed by separate people. Terror of the Vervoids has nothing to do with Mysterious Planet, except the occasional cutaway for the trial. Those 
are basically thrown in and have no relevance to the stories. You could toss the courtroom scenes into any whose story and the outcome would be the same. So all of the reference books, magazines, and DVD box sets are wrong. The War Games, <laughs> 10 episodes. Dalek's Master Plan, 12 episodes. Keys of Marinus, 6 episodes. The Chase, 6 episodes. All had separate storylines within the tale, but they were very they were all very much weaved tightly into the main story. T-O-A-T was a four or dis- tote. Or tote was four <laughs> distinct stories that in no way can be considered one fourteen episode story. If anything, it was comprised of four stories connected by the trial arc. That's it. Move along. Anyway, keep up the good work. P.S. Where is the fiftieth anniversary stuff? This feels like a gap year. Thanks. Sean? I um I'm gonna I'm gonna side with uh, the, the the books and the videos and the websites and everybody else. In this. <laughs> the and production, the production. I'm, I'm gonna say that it's, it's they, they didn't tack those names on until well afterwards. It's true they didn't tack those names on, but I I think he's right in the he, sense he's that got they, they are four different stories it. written by four different people and directed by four different people. And so when you go into that, that's what has always made me feel like. The Trial of a Time Lord is a story that is happening, that is congruently happening, and using the elements as par- as as parts of the trial. But I agree that you could have done that with any story. You could have done that with any story and worked the trial scenes around that. And that's what they've done here. That's true. And I've always maintained that, whether you they named them later or not. And in fact, I think back then that's why they didn't name them individually. And they said trial of time report because they were trying to drive home a point that, oh, this is just one big story. This isn't four different stories, when it, in fact reality was. And that's why I think that even Mind Warp should have had more conclusive beginning, middle, and end than it did. Because now we're going to talk about Terror of the Vervoids, which does. It it, it 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 satisfies the trial stuff because it gives the value one more thing in order to, you know, use against the doctor, but it is a beginning, middle, end story. The only one that isn't is Ultimate Foe, and it's the only one that tri- that ties directly into the tie- trial, if you ask me. But it's not re- a fourth side. I'm gonna reserve judgment on that until next week. To be completely fair. They weren't all written by separate people, and they weren't all directed by separate people. Terror of the Vervoids and Ultimate Foe were directed by the same person. Yeah. Philip Martin wrote Mind Warp. Pippin Jane Baker wrote Terror, Terror of the Vervoids, Vervoids, and all three of them wrote Ultimate Foe. Well, which Pippin Jane were only brought in because Bob Holmes. I'm just going by. Sick. I'm just going yeah, by. He was credited. either sick or had died at that point. I think uh, it was just that he was he was ill enough that he couldn't continue. Yeah, I think, it I think he worked on some of the framework. Yeah, yeah. And then they, they, they pass it off. Well, to yeah, Jane, let's, let's, I mean, that's just it. That's why Pip and Jane were brought in. They were just, they, they, well, they filled Robert Holmes's basically role as script editor because the script editor still is the one that he, he's working on all of them because he's the one that kind of, uh, basically rails the story into what they really want it to be. So I wonder how much of this thing can be laid on the, you know, if you, if you honestly feel that the, the, the whole season is a mess and doesn't work as 14. Episodes together is that necessary? I don't want to say the fault of, and I don't think just the fact that he was sick and necessarily couldn't do his job as script editor. Did that allow some holes to show up that maybe he would have tightened up had he been Hmm. there and in charge of that? I know this is something we should talk about next week, but yeah, and we probably will revisit. But again, it's so hard to 
break up I, fourteen I, I, episodes. I think Daryl makes some good points here. Oh, I, I, agree. I don't. I, I don't. I don't agree that it can't be uh, one story because it, it obviously does. But I also fall on the side of it is four different stories with that are working with the trial of the time. Right. Yeah, I story agree. I, I agree. And, I, and I also, you know, Daryl, I'll say, I'll say this too that I'm I'm well documented in my rose colored glasses that I will look for, <laughs> you know, uh, any excuse to try and give something the benefit of the doubt. And that I, I, I look at Doctor Who, and I know a lot of people feel, oh, trial is such a mess, it's horrible, it's this, it's that, it's the other thing. And I, so I kind of automatically have my defense shields up going, well, now wait What we should have done is <laughs> we should have scheduled the Big Finish Lost Stories right after this, because I think they're just now finishing those up. And we would have got to probably in time for the last one to come out. Uh, in Big Finish, so we could have done oh, the Lost oh, Stories, yeah, that, because Big Finish cool. is doing the... I don't know how that. it works, because I don't think they had well, they, they had they ideas, have... they had formats and outlines for scripts. I don't think they actually had all of the scripts for season no, 23 yeah, ready to go. We, we they, they had most, there's a bonus feature on this disc. Did you watch it? No, I, I didn't watch that one. I watched the making yeah, of it. Yeah, this, this has it. a... This is what season 23 would have been. Right, that's what I'm saying. Is yeah. They had an outline and an idea for those stories, and I think the Big Finish then went and, and they, they kind of hammered those out. And yeah, because there, there, was there like, were a couple of scripts that were finished. Yeah. The Toymaker one was done. And there were like yeah, right. three that got one. novelized. Yeah. As target novelizations. But the writers of the scripts actually came back. and So we should have done those right yeah. after this. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just gives us an excuse to put something else together as a, a group yeah. later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's always been in my opinion that, that Lost 23 is between 22 and 23. So, actual 23. So it becomes 22. 0.5. 0.5. 0.5. <laughs> no, you wouldn't label it that way. And the reason being is because we don't label any of the other big finish stuff as yeah, season. True. We just yeah. say it happens to fall in between these, fall in these TVs. It'd be season B. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, next up and finally is Chrissy. Wait a minute. What's this? Can it be? It is! It's the last piece of feedback we're reading out tonight. Y'all thought I had forgotten to sing to you tonight. Don't be slow. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, no, no, no. Because it's the last piece of feedback you wrote about Doctor Who. One more mail to read out before we do reviews and start this show. Let's start this show. Let's start this show. And I don't know if we're ever getting home. (laughs) (laughs) It's the last piece of feedback. The last piece of feedback. He surprised us. He did. <laughs> <laughs> she didn't see that. <laughs> Chrissy writes, Caution, Diary of the Keyboard Ahead. Dear Vortex Boys, I've started this feedback about five times. And oh my up, gosh, it's huge. And leaving most of it because it ends up being so stinky long. <laughs> Hopefully I can keep it to a reasonable length, but no promises. I guess I have to defend my position on Mind Warp, so here it goes. What you guys said about Mind Warp being completely dependent on the framework of the trial is 100% correct. But where you all found that, that to be a fault with this story, I found it to be one of its great of its strengths. 
I feel a whole trial of a timeout season is just more than these four individual stories. The trial is the bigger picture that rests on the evidence presented in the stories. You know sh- Chrissy was is sitting listening to this, and she's shouting, Just get on to my feedback! <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to answer that! Get on with it! <laughs> I'll answer Daryl's questions or concerns <laughs> or problems. I positively love that the plotline in Mind Warp is called into question because the evidence has been tampered with. We still don't know what really happened on Thoros Beta, and we probably never will. But this story isn't about Thoros Beta or Kiv or Sil or King Yakranos or even Perry. It's about the Matrix on Gallifrey and whatever is not giving an accurate accounting of the events that are, spo- that are being used by the Valiard to convict the Doctor of his crimes. The Valiard is the real villain of this piece. The trial scenes cut in and out of Mind Warp are ju- at just the right times to remind the audience of what's really at stake. To consider Mind Warp as a story without the trial framework is to do the story of this service because you can't take one without the other. It's really the only story in this season that does that apart from the ultimate foe. Right. But, then, but that's yeah. a, that story is a little bit different. You can take the mysterious planet or tear the vervoids without the trial and they'll stand up just fine. But Mind Warp doesn't. It's not supposed to. It's there to support the overarching overarching trial. Personally, I want to see the trial. I want to see the trial unfold and find out why the Doctor has to go through all this interrogation and who this Valiard guy is and why he's, why he's in such a snit about the Doctor. Everything else in this season must point back to that, and Mind Warp does that in a way that the rest of the season doesn't. So, but let me jump in here really quick, because now, Chrissy, that makes sense, and we I think we all contended, or we all basically agree last week, that yeah, that, that Mind Warp works within the story of the, the trial. So why are we going to sandwich that between two stories that do have a beginning, middle, and end, and, and are, are independent stories? It did. That's my problem with Mind Warp is it's put plopped right in the middle here. If we'd gone from the beginning and we'd done the first story the same way, where it had more uh, as part as evidence of the trial and didn't have its own personal story feel, and we didn't go on and do that with Terror of the Vervoids then I wouldn't have had a problem with mind work being the way that it is. And I understand that that's why you like this, because it focuses on the trial. But you should absolutely then dislike Terror of the Vervoids, and you should absolutely dislike uh, um, uh, the first one, uh, help me with uh, the name, uh, Mysterious Planet, yes. because of that reasoning, because of that argument, you should not like those uh, stories on either side of it. So... Uh, that's why I still have a problem with mind work, because, yeah, if it had just been its own thing... Part of the, or it should have been just its own story, and they should have used it as evidence in trial, or they should have just tied it into trial and tied every story into trial the same, in the same way, and it would have worked better for me. Does that mean, just out of curiosity, that maybe Mind Warp is not the weak link in this story arc? The mystery maybe, and terror arc? Maybe it's the strongest, and that the other two have failings because they have ends. And that they should have backed off of those stories a little. That bit. could be, but the problem is, is you set me up with you set me up with mystery, mysterious planet, and and I I've always I I said two weeks ago that I loved mysterious planet. I thought it was a fun romp. It was a good story, and because it was a good story and self-contained, I expected the same thing to happen in Mind Warp. And then when it doesn't, and then you turn around, pull the wool over my eyes again, and you give me Terror of the Vervoids, which does, and it's it's it it's the consistency. It needs to be one way or the other for this to work as part of Trial of the Timeline. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Thanks for coming. Thanks, Drew. Thanks a lot. 
Sorry, she can Good go points. on because she's probably <laughs> making more points. As for the story. rest of the story, I get a bit. I don't want to say thrill because that sounds weird, but I appreciate the tragedy of Perry's death and the doctor's reaction to it. It's an emotional, intense moment. You've got Yukranos charging in, knocking people over, and Nicola Bryant acting her socks off as Kib possessed Perry. The doctor is watching it all on the screen in the courtroom, and you don't know whether he's going to burst into an uncontrollable <coughs> sobbing or if he's going to do his own Brian Blessed impersonation on the Time Lords for taking him out of, act, out of the action. It's a doctor's barely suppressed rage, which you don't see happen very often in Classic Q. It's even more terrifying than Yukranos busting into a room with guns blazing. I get chills from it, and it makes me want to immediately see what happens next. Okay, I'll stop her there, because she's seen something differently than I am. And this is another thing that is, is weird to me, because I thought Colin Baker's acting there should have been better. I think I, I expected him to do one of these two things, and he didn't. And that's where I think that falls down, is he sits there and looks at it with dumb bewilderment. That's my problem with it. Is that there, there, there doesn't seem to be any emotion. I don't see him on the verge of sobbing, and I don't see him on the verge of lashing out. I see him sitting there dumbfounded, and understandably so, because he's, he's, he's confused. Shocked. But I don't see that, and I wanted some of that raw emotion that didn't manifest either so i disagree i think that was a terrible choice to play it that way but because i would have liked to seen one way or the other but so i no i sorry that just that didn't capture it for I, me. I, I, I was i i appreciated the tragic death i didn't like it as we talked about last yes. week but i appreciated the, the tragic death of perry and the way a companion goes out in a different way than we've seen before i think i saw all three i think i saw him go from dumbfounded bewilderment to Sobbing. I mean, just just right on the cusp of being ready to break down. Because I thought to myself, "Wow, he's 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 going to crack." And then I didn't see the cold fury until the end, when he kind of because all, all of the all of the trial uh, cliffhangers are you're in danger from this, you're in danger from this, except for mind warp, which is the doctor going, "Oh, you just wait and see." You know, I mean, that's kind of his moment to to, to get back and say, "No, no, no, that's not how this works." So. That's where I saw the cold fury was right there, but it's not even there. It could have been heavier handed, I think. Yeah, it should have been heavier handed, and I think that it's 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 not even cold fury. It's more of a well. It, it goes back to that hottie. I'll you know I'll prove you wrong type thing. You know, just that's that's how it came across to me at the end when mm-hmm. he says, you know, just wait and see. It was more of that. It did almost come across as a uh, you've crossed one line too many and now I'm going to sh- show yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. And and so which is fine because that, I, to that, me that, that's, that's a that's, very that's, six way to respond. Yeah, that's a six way to respond. But that's not Cole Fury to me. That's the, Cole Fury would have would have would have been what I would have expected from him with the death of a companion. So. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she continues with well, I, I feel I'm going to debate this back and forth. Her and I all the way until the end of this discussion, and maybe beyond that. <laughs> Well, I failed in my attempt to keep this short. I'm really sorry about that. I think I need a feedback editor or something. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Terror of the Vervoids. To be fair, anything that comes after Mind Warp is going to be a bit lackluster for me, so maybe I shouldn't be so hard on it. There's plenty of callback to the trial, but not as much as in Mind Warp. And that's probably where the story falls a bit flat for me. It's good enough story on its own, straightforward detective type story, with fantastic sets and some pretty solid characters, even if I forgot who half of them were partway through episode three. <laughs> That's because we were discussing Full House. But it falls uh-huh. flat. <laughs> 
But it falls flat because I was expecting the action of the trial to ramp up. Okay. And it kind of does it. That that makes sense, then. It stays exactly where it was at the end of Mind Warp. Even the added charge of genocide doesn't do a whole lot to the tension because the story has stayed at the same level through the entire story. I'd agree with that. No, I... uh, I, I disagree slightly. I agree that, that I do I agree that the trial stays pretty level. I think that becomes a ramp up, but unfortunately it's way it's at, at the, the end. very end. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> uh, that last moment where the Valleyard excuses the doctor of genocide comes so far to left field, but I'm not even paying attention anymore because it's easy to miss. Especially since in this context it's a stupid charge to make in the first place. It doesn't even it doesn't come close to the gut punch that the end of Mind Warp did. If this story was its own, it'd be fine. But as part of the trial, this story doesn't really do it for okay, me. That's fair. That's fair, Chrissy. I think you, you've sort of answered part of my question from before. So. The Sixth Doctor Revisited. This one was pretty good. I'm glad they gave the bulk of the time to Colin Baker to talk about the Sixth Doctor instead of mostly having other people give their perceptions of Six because Colin, A, obviously knows the character, and B, is great at bringing out Six's more sympathetic qualities. I was very glad that they showed the clip from the end of Twin Dilemma where the Doctor's mentor is dying and the Doctor gets somewhat emotional about it. We can all say we... We can all say... We can say we... uh, Sorry. We can say all we like about Twin Dilemma, and let's be honest, a lot of what gets said is justified. But that scene is the one they got right. I would agree. I think that scene is what made me think that there is more to the Sixth Doctor than his loud coat and unpleasant nature that I'm going to give old Sixie another chance. Given, the replace, given that he replaced the Fifth Doctor and I was still a little upset about Fivey's death, that is saying something. I think they brought out a lot of Six's good points, even though it annoyed me that they kept referring to him as the product of the 80s. Seriously, that whole, the 1980s was this and the 1980s was that thing really got him got really old really fast and with that i will finish the final chapter of this novel i'm really really sorry i went so long and send it off to the publisher chrissy p.s you know if you really wanted me wanted to talk to me about my thoughts on mind warp does sean still have my phone number from when we gave it to him at galley Seriously, I never do anything on Sunday nights. That's usually the perfect time to call and pick my brain. Maybe we should schedule her for the end of this whole thing and, and <laughs> Skype her in it. here. <laughs> Sean is checking to make sure yeah, he has a number now. have to Skype her in here on this. Um, no, thank you, Chris. And I, I, I would agree, and we'll talk a little bit about this more later, too, but the this, the 80s thing, it... It always kind of I cringe when they talk about that any time because yes, I do have her number. Any time that they I didn't think of that. I think <laughs> I still have her number because we were having to call around to each other at Galley yeah. to contact each other. But um, the 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 thing about the eighties is every, the eighties is always a caricature of itself after you've gotten out of a decade. I mean, any decade is always a caricature of itself. You always point to certain things. That well, the eighties was this, the eighties was that, the seventies was this, the seventies was that. The 90s and yes, was this, the I 90s mean, was that's that. just it. Well, the nineties is kind of bland. If you look at it, there's a hard. The nineties weren't anything. The grunge, you know, okay, people yeah, point at the grunge, you know, the garage bands and that kind Nirvana of stuff. Nirvana was nineties. But here's the thing: is yeah, so when they do that, I always cringe because I lived most of my well, not most of my life, but I lived through the entire eighties, and I remember it very well. And I don't remember a lot of the loudness that we put on it now. And the, of course, we lived in the Midwest, so we didn't <laughs> have to. I mean, there were 
We didn't get the loudness until the 90s. It was a colorful time. <laughs> it was a colorful. <laughs> it was a colorful time, but it was. I don't think that the that six is a product of the 80s. In my in my opinion. I, well, I'll, I'll save my comment on that. Well, let's, let's, you get let's just go ahead and jump into the Revisited now. Okay. Well, then you okay yeah, with that? that's fine. Yeah. I was thinking we needed to do it backwards, because it, but we're doing a retrospective later, so yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. Well, what did you guys think of the Revisited? This was one of the first ones that I watched, and I... I well, you should, really should have watched the other ones. I really should have watched the other ones. <laughs> um, no wonder you where, didn't where say I, much about them. This is one of the first ones that I watched where I felt... After all of them, I have felt like, aw, you didn't talk about this, or I'm so sad it's over. This one ended, and I'm like, that's it? We're done? I mean, it just right blew through that half hour for me. I don't know if you guys felt that or not. I thought it, I thought it went by pretty quickly, I mean, but I don't know what else they could have doctor. talked about that wouldn't have been huge well, spoilers. This, this doctor only had two companions. There's no brig, there's no unit, there's no, you know... Uh, Peripheral characters that come and go. It's only two companions, and and very and and for the most of sixes and like, run, it's one companion, and then another companion for like and, his last two. And there's and not, not a lot of returning villains. There's not a lot right. of returning villains other returning. than Sill, who was kind of the one they they, they, they touched on. And they on. did focus on that. And I was a, a little surprised that they they chose to focus on the um, chameleon circuit being. Finished. Oh, I didn't know. I because that's the one thing that popped out of me at me when I watched Six's run was. Wow! Hey, they're, they're they're addressing this chameleon switch issue, which has is, you know always been alluded to, but nothing's ever done about it. So I I, well, would, I totally expect yeah, but I totally I mean to it, but but it, it happened to where it you know it was it was he got it working and we we had to some extent drastically different <laughs> exteriors of the TARDIS yeah. twice at the very least. But um, I thought overall it was really good. I, I think we. While I personally would have liked to have seen a full-blown, let's talk about the elephant in the well, room. Let's see, talk but, that, that, about, but I knew they weren't going that's to. Not because these I knew they weren't. That, yeah, exactly. They sufficiently not touched do anything, on it enough for me, though. They, I was they afraid they would. I was afraid they'd brush it all under the yeah. carpet, and they didn't. They did. They did they, 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 address yeah. it. But I also think that's why the '80s featured so heavily. I, I honestly believe that, <laughs> that, that that was almost like everyone scapegoat exactly yeah, the yeah, scapegoat yeah, for yeah. we don't want to really talk about what's happening so we're just going to blame the eighties. I, I I honestly believe that's how they decided to structure uh, instead of talking about the point. fact that BBC was trying to get it off the air instead of talking about that John Nathan Turner may have been going insane at this point instead of talking <laughs> about the fact that this was happening. Uh, y'all were going to blame it on. The 80s. The 80s. Because we've got <laughs> loud colors and big business and fitness craze. Yeah, let's do that. I, I, I honestly believe that's where they decided I to go I think those might have been elements. Not not the fact that they were the 80s, but because those elements were in the stories, I think those might have been elements. But there, you're right. There was a lot more. I mean, it, it very much came across as he was a victim of his time more than anybody else. Anybody else. Well, and, I, 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 I'm sorry. And that's, that's just not true. That's just yeah. not true. I was kind of surprised going into I. I I, I was curious how they were going to handle it going into it because so many people don't tend to have a lot of good things to say about his era. And so I think that partially, Chrissy, is why they had Colin talk so much is because they needed to fill 30 minutes and all the rest of the interviews didn't give enough. And when you've got the man who played him, let's pick his brain about the character. You notice who we didn't see in this one at all? Tennant. Tennant. Yeah, you're right. He's he been present for all of them except for this one. And I wonder if that was... But a, he didn't like six. 
No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, five was his fate. Five was yeah. his doctor. So I mean, so the one replacing him, he might have. Stop watching it. This guy came along, and I was like, "Who the heck is this?" Now, uh, maybe, maybe they just felt like after we recorded five of these, we don't need but the do you, tenant to anchor it anymore. Here's but the other Moffitt thing. Didn't have Another reason I no, think they talked to, to uh, Colin so much is because, and I have said this all along, is despite the fact that he got the short shift back in the 1980s, that he his doctor is probably. Or arguably the least favorite doctor of all of the doctors of the majority of people and fans. Deserve it or otherwise. Deserve it or otherwise. And he basically got fired. He's the first doctor that ever got fired off the show. He is still one of the number one ambassadors for the series. And I, w- I think it's because of that and because of his embracing and love of Six and how, what, how it could have been that I think that that's why they picked his brain a little more because I think he he's able to find the qualities in Six that I think a lot of fans overlook and he's able to pinpoint them and he's able to, to pick them out and, and bring them to light and make you realize that, oh yeah, that is there. Oh yeah, that is there too. Colin and, is the ultimate embodiment of the rose-colored glasses. He certainly <laughs> when, well, it comes to, when it comes to his doctor in that era, absolutely. Yeah, I don't even know that it's rose-colored glasses. I think he's able to just really find the qualities that everybody else forgets to, to look at well, but I think, because of what's going on. I, I think he sees... It's not rose-colored, though, because it's, well, it's not... Rose-colored is seeing things that aren't there. He sees things that are there that nobody else saw. He sees or, things... Or, or some few he people. He sees see. things about... In my mind, he sees things in that era the way he wanted them to be. Well, nah. And to some I, extent, and, and, and I think maybe. some of that is also Big Finish letting him go back to the character and later. I, I think that probably does come to that. But that's true. That's true. He, he, he points out things, like you said. He finds those little nuggets of this is how things... But he, all he did was talk about, I Which, was written this way, yeah. scripted this yeah, way, yeah. and I would have liked to have seen this, or by the end we got it right, or you know, Perry and I came together and you know, we bickered, but we weren't you know this. And, and he was always putting that positive spin on it. And I think that's because up here he really sees that this is what happened. Yeah, he sees the positive relationship with Perry. He sees the this. He he doesn't focus on the the bombastic negative. And I'm glad he doesn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. I I thought it was a I thought it was a very good special. Like I said, I personally wish that I would have really liked to have seen. I know they wouldn't for this. Maybe down the road they'll do one. Or maybe 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 it needs to be done by somebody other than the BBC, just so they can kind of open up the floodgates and say, "All right, here's the deal." But I, I would like to see a no holds barred, unpainted presentation of, you know, not necessarily biting the hand that feeds you, but a, a very much honest look at. Well, I think I think this, the BBC I think the BBC could do it because it's like. Keith said that they didn't do that in this one because it's, it's targeted not, to get exactly people, it's targeted to bring people on board and then get people to buy these DVDs. Well, that's true. Um, but I think that the, the flip side of that is I think the I think the people that are in charge at the BBC aren't afraid to talk about that because none of those people are there anymore. And I think they they the people at the BBC now are honest enough about it to say, yeah, these guys really were trying to put you know the the kibosh on. Uh, Doctor Who in the eighties, and they were they were doing everything they could to kill the series. So I, I think there's a I think there is a, a more um, I think that they were be more willing to do it now, even in the BBC, than than they would have ten fifteen years ago when a lot of these people were still around. Maybe oh, and especially on the heels project. now that that book has come out, the Lion yeah, Scandalous Times right. of J and T. That's true. 
wouldn't surprise me if somebody wanted tried to spearhead it. I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't know if the BBC would go out and seek somebody to go. Hey, you used to do this. Somebody would have to approach them for it. Sure. Gaddis, I'm calling you out. I'm throwing down a gauntlet. <laughs> uh, this is the second. This is the, this is the second. An adventure in time and space two. Yeah. It would be Tears. fascinating to watch a document docudrama about yeah, that. Yeah, certainly would. Who would you get to play Colin Baker? Colin Baker, Stephen Fry. <laughs> no, I mean, no. <laughs> Anton Yelchin. Even I. Yeah. <laughs> no. 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 I can totally see him do it though. He doesn't have quite the face for it, but he has the hair. I know who could play well, Brian Blessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Brian Blessed has to come in and play King Ukrainos. Ukrainos play himself. Anything else about the revisited? Nah, that we think we should talk about? Can't wait for the next one. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. All right, Terror of the Vervoids. The Doctor is on trial for his life, plucked out of time and space by the Time Lords. He is charged with transgressing the first law of time. He must defend himself against the prosecution led by the Sinister Valiarch. In, the, in a desperate... <laughs> it's, I, it's the same on the, all of them, apparently. Oh. That first paragraph's always the same. Oh. I just now noticed that. Three weeks three in. Or three weeks <laughs> in. I'll shoot you. Unless it's different. Watch, it's going to be different. It'll be different next week. You'll <laughs> Just finish the synopsis. <laughs> In a desperate bid to clear his name, the doctor presents his defense to the charges laid against him. In the year 2986, the Starliner Hyperion III makes its way to Earth. But it's all but all is not well. The doctor and Mel arrive in response to a distress call, though not in time to prevent a murder. And this will not be the only death. Someone aboard will kill again, and again to protect the secrets. And again. And while the murderer closes in above decks, the hydroponic center is... In the hydroponic center, a terrifying new breed of creature is about to awaken. Yeah. 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 This story is just kind of there. Um... And I, I would love to say the trial parts elevated it. I don't think it did. No, I because don't think I, it did. I just I didn't because really care about the trial. Going back this. to what Chrissy said is is the ter- the trial at this point is just kind of flat. Yeah, and, and the trial doesn't get my attention until they go to the genocide angle, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, there's where it ramps up. I mean, th- there was a bit of interest in the f- beginning of them gra- grasping with the fact that this is the future. And that's all there really is in the trial. And they really don't cut back to it that much compared to the others. Compared to the others, yeah. Mm-hmm. And this, this one feels the most complete of any of the stories. Uh, th- this, to me, Terror of the Rivervoids is a more complete episodic Who story that didn't need the trial framework as opposed to Mysterious Planet or, or Mind Warp. But I think that's the problem with it is that it, it, it could have it could have been part of season. Could have been any season. It could have been yeah. any season, anything, anywhere, and just you know it's on it's on it's on its own little adventure. And it's again, it's a very formulaic, very standard Doctor Who story. We arrive on the ship. There's already a dead body. <laughs> We're tangled up in this, and and honestly, I found it kind of a lackluster standard Doctor Who story. Yeah, it's it. There wasn't many characters I grasped onto to like. Oh, hot um, coffee chick. 
the the guard, the security guard, was about the only one. And then he turned he 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 turned tails at the uh, near the end. And it's like uh, I I was kind of rooting for you, dude. Now I don't. Now I, was, I just really don't care anymore. I was trying to decide for Honor Blackman, uh, uh, who played uh, Doctor Lansky. Lansky seems right. Um, I, I, I wavered on her because, well, first of all, it's Honor Blackman. So it's like, oh, cool. You know, you've got Pussy Galore in this. He was a Bond girl. you got this. But is she a good girl in this one? <laughs> and they really kept me guessing yeah. through the whole story well, because there were things that she did as like, oh. But then she would come back around and go, oh. And then she'd come back, oh. oh. I think murder on the, or in her reading Murder on the Orient <laughs> Express was a intentional placement because there are a few elements of murder on here in the fact that you 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 continually don't know who the killer is yeah. and uh, that's that's throughout the entire story it so. was mentioned in one of the special features that it very much was written to be an agatha christie style murder Which, it, it, it really it, is. It is. It is they nailed that yeah We've established Glenn doesn't like Agatha <laughs> No, I love Agatha Christie Mystery Stories. Just when they're giant like wasps caricatures involved. of in Doctor Who. Do you, you think the pants were uh, caricatures? They were. See, this one's this one's more subdued. That's the thing. No. It's not. But it has anthropomorphized creatures. It, no, the, 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 that's the, a humanized plant. <laughs> but it's a plant. It, it is a plant. They were poorly done caricatures they were of the crinoid. Well, they sort of, yeah, they yeah, sort of were, yeah. I, the whole time I was like, oh, it's a crinoid pod. It's a crinoid pod. The first time I saw this, yeah, I was yeah. so excited that the crinoid was coming back. And <laughs> Even though the doctor didn't recognize this. Oh, maybe they've mutated. Oh, that'd be sweet. It wasn't a crinoid. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why it wasn't a crinoid? Because if he had said I exterminated all of the crinoid, the Time Lords would have gone, good. <laughs> We've been through that. That was a nightmare. You know what's good about this? The doctor. Yep. He is the most enjoyable part. Of this it. is the doctor that and I wish. This is the doctor that I wish we'd have seen. This to me is uh, audio doctor. This is big finish doctor. This is the, all of the things that we love about the doctor in the big finish audios. This is it. This is Colin finally getting to do the doctor. I think the way he wanted to do the doctor. The, it's almost this, too little, too late at this yeah, point. Yeah, it it's is. So That's the problem. This story also. Even though I'm not a fan of a lot of the Seventh Doctor stories, this feels a lot more like a Seventh Doctor story to me. Going mm-hmm. back in retrospect, it, it, it's it's a lot more. It's light on the humor, but it has the very dark elements to it. It's a lot more colorful. It's uh, it's got well, and Mel does a lot for it, lending it to that. But it's they have the same relationship. Uh, the Doctor and Mel have the same relationship that I felt that. McCoy and and Bonnie Langford had as Seven and mm-hmm. and Mel in in his stories as well, so it, that, I think those are the elements that make it feel very Seventh Doctor as far as the story goes. But the Doctor was wonderful. The Doctor is wonderful. He was Paul wonderful. Fantastic. And, and, uh, and, really, and yeah, right. is that where you're going? Yeah, I was going with Mel next because I've never <laughs> been very kind about Mel. I was surprised <laughs> to hear you say what you said. Once we got to the ship. Uh, the, the the introduction was kind of grating, and aside from the screaming, I really liked her character. She was go get him. She was. I think you said she was enjoyable. She in was this enjoyable one. in yeah. this one. She she had great chemistry with the Doctor after they got off the TARDIS. Well, they even <laughs> had they even had good they, chemistry was, in the in the forced uh, in introduction. The, yeah, yeah. It, it's it was just too over the top for my taste. <laughs> um, 
But then I felt her character wasn't afterwards wasn't as over the top as she continued throughout the story. And she does a lot of things that make sense for her character to do. And her and the chemistry with Colin was so good that it made me reconsider my stance on Mel. And as Chrissy tweeted, um, maybe that's because six is who Mel is supposed to be with instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think you're right. That's a good point. And of course, I've only seen the one seven story. No, the two. You've seen two. Ben, ben, Delta and the Bannerman. Yeah, which I didn't like Delta and the Bannerman. Time of the Ronnie. Time of the Ronnie. And she has kind of a smaller role in Time of the Ronnie, from what I remember. Because, at least with the doctor. Yeah, well, she's off on her own. Because she's off on her own. Oh, God, I gotcha. Yeah, that's, that's right. It's, it's the, the small role the, the and two, all. The two of them, you don't have the two of them together. It's, it's, it's the seven's kind of, Mel well, yeah. that's true. Because Seven's kind of out of out of it there for a while. Yeah. while that, Mel's yeah, doing that's a lot of stuff. The fact that okay. you don't have them interacting. Okay. Didn't we do, didn't there only three. Was there only three with her and Seven? Uh, well, we haven't done Paradise Towers yet, which is her. We haven't done Paradise Towers. We haven't done Dragon. But wait a minute, Paradise isn't. No, you're right. Paradise is Ace. Uh, Dragonfire is. It's what's time of the other, What's the second there's one? There's another Mel story, isn't there? I thought there was one more in there. Heading to the Wikipedia. If not, she on. really got a short run, didn't she? I can't think of anything else, though. Oh, well, come to time of the Ronnie, Delta and the Bannerman. Surely there's another one in there. Is it Paradise Towers is... It is Mel. It's, it's between Time and the Ronnie and Dalton the Man. Okay, then it is Paradise and Towers Fire. and then and Dragonfire. Dragon Fire. Okay, so she's so in four. She's a, she's a full season. Sylvester stories. Yeah. So she got two full seasons. Well, Ish. not two full. No, no. no. Six, <laughs> no a season and a half. Technically. Yeah, season and a half. But um, longer um, than Joe got. It's, it's funny that. What? Not Joe. I'm sorry. Elizabeth. <laughs> yes, Liz. 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 This is longer than Liz. You knew who I meant. Yeah. Um, it's funny that the, uh, a lot of fandom does not like Mel. They, yeah, and again, I've never had a problem with her, but maybe that's because I was introduced to her in the Seven Doctor stories first, because I saw Time of the Ronnie before I ever came back and saw the end of Trial of the Time Lord, found out where this woman came from, and, or, or didn't find out where this woman came from. But I, 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 I like Mel. Now, yes, she's portrayed as, or everybody's opinion of her is, oh, she's the screamer. And the, she know, has she's quite a, the lungs on. She's her. the shirking violet or whatnot, and I, I don't think it's that at all. I just think that she's got, she's got B horror movie scream queen mm-hmm. lungs mm-hmm. on her, and because she doesn't, she doesn't get into trouble necessarily. And, and really, she only screams. She can hold her own. She can hold well, her own. She, she doesn't need rescue. She only screamed twice in the entire story. Three, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, well, I'm not counting the recap. The boys got no, up to I think seven it was three. when uh, when they were counting. But I think it was also counting recaps. Yeah, no, so. I think it was three total. Because there was one time that she didn't scream which on the recap. Could which have, I which was she was hiding in the bathroom. But, yeah. but um, she's the one that's going out and... Or they went past the scream on the recap. That's what it was. She, she, she's not a passive companion. She doesn't wait for things to act to, to happen to her. She actively goes out and, you know, she's the... Inve- she, she's almost, and I'm going to use this very lightly because I know that people are going to freak out when I say this, She's almost Sarah Jane-ish because she goes out to stir the pot. She goes out to investigate what was that thump behind the door, whereas a lot of companions wouldn't. Perry, she's, she's only Sarah Jane in that way. But yeah. as, well, as, much as, as much as I like as much as I like Perry, Perry would kind of hang on the doctor's coattails and wait for him to go open the door. Right. Whereas yeah, Mel turns over there and opens the door and goes, "Oh, that's a whatever," and then she runs off to tell the doctor that you know, I found this in the closet. I think she's more Joe Grant. But. I can see Maybe that. Maybe that's a better yeah. way of putting it. Maybe she's more Because Ace is more Sarah to me. But. Um, 
Uh, Ace is kind of in a... Ace doesn't go open the door. Ace blows open the door. <laughs> hits whatever was hiding in the closet Except with a baseball the baseball bat. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. But I don't know. There, there, was, there was a lot there. Um, the the, the mechanisms the mechanisms of the plot with the misdirection I thought were really cool with yeah. the, the bicycle. They did a good dudes. job with that, yeah. And um, I, how, I actually kind of like their design. I did too. It's, it's amazing how much that blank face plate will allow you to get away with in a science fiction show. How many guys have we <laughs> yeah. had that's like, oh, it's a motorcycle guy. He's the bad guy. Right, but it right, works. Right. Yep. You know, just by throwing that blank helmet on. But these were, I kind of felt very Star Warsy. They kind of had that Greedo you know, bounty hunter look to them or something. Or, uh, I, I think the vigil the were inspired did, by or the, no, the, 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 these the guys. dark helmet guys. The dark yeah. helmet guys. The gotcha. vervoids were. Why else should we talk about the vervoids? <laughs> <laughs> the, the costumes are. Very Halloweenish, but yeah, um, I didn't mind the design of them. Honestly, I, I I had no problems with the design until something was brought to my attention you, that I had you never, never seen. noticed that before. <laughs> no, I'm this, sorry, that's the first I thing I noticed three, when I looked at this three thing. times, and I've seen clips of the Vervoids and never saw the image that Chrissy, thank you, um, <laughs> of all people, so, brought up. So raise your hand if you thought they and all. Just Glenn. They do not. <laughs> it totally does now. I, I, I can't not see it. I remember so. seeing pictures when I was looking like this, googling Doctor Who, and seeing pictures. I'm like, wow, that's an unfortunate design. I cannot not see it now. I don't have a problem with the Vervoids design per per se. If it had come ten years earlier, yeah, that, that yeah, I, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. It, it fits more with yeah. the the level spaghetti of, monsters. The spaghetti, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. The, the body part. The the, I, I think the, the, the head, despite the design... Despite the design, the head's is not bad. made really well. Yeah. It's the rest of the suit where it's just like... they Leaves glued, glued on yeah. 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 to a, to and, a track and it, suit. It's even more noticeable when they all fall into a heap and decompose. <laughs> Although I thought the, deep, the, the, the decomposing effect, effect was, was nice. The effect really was cool. But then that's where I really noticed. I, I, maybe I was just too distracted by the head. That I didn't look at the body until they didn't started decomposing. Maybe it's because they spent all their money on sets. The sets, the, the sets, sets in this phenomenal. phenomenal, and the green screening. Although it probably, is, probably some of the most I've noticed in. It is funny the that in the, in the uh, documentary, somebody points out that the, or maybe it was in revisited, that the sets for this though were very eighties. <laughs> <laughs> cruise ship. I mean, it's oh, like, yeah. we're supposed to be in the future. We're supposed to be in the far future, and it looks very much like you know Carnival Cruise Lines <laughs> in the 1980s. So no, it, that, that wasn't just, obvious to me until somebody pointed out, and I thought, yeah, I guess that is a little unfortunate. It looks the, great, the, but the, the cruise lines have it right. Yeah, it's, it's a classic design that's going to be around. <laughs> they for said, a while. well, let me just stick with this design. Um, the, the, I don't know. There's. Again, this is another one of those where there's a lot to like here. And, and uh, James pointed this out, who, who joined us for Friday Night Who, and he pointed this out to me. We laughed and laughed and laughed about this. That the writers of this episode, who would have been Pip and Jane, yes, Pip and Jane, are apparently really big black hole fans. Oh, is that right? Disney's the black hole. Because man, there's a lot don't of black hole. Don't take that as fact. We don't take that as fact. That's just that was that was his opinion. And the more I thought about it, the more and the more it came up, the more we were like, wow, there is. Because you, first of all, there's a black hole in the story. There is a black hole. There in is the a story, black hole yeah. in the story, and we've got the ship heading into the black hole, and then we've got these 
motorcycle helmeted dudes that kind of look like those weird robots that they had running around on the ship. And then there was the ridiculous ray gun that looked like an upside down You're drill. Reaching. That's the only one that I think. <laughs> Which looks That's a lot the like the ray guns yeah, that the ray they gun. have. Although in, they in were the just double sided on the. They were just double sided, yeah. but yeah, that was, they had that. Kind of, uh, yeah, it's reaching. He's holding that drill upside down. So you're just trying to find a way to justify getting Black Hole into this show again this week. And then, again this week. And then there's the scene with the bicycle helmeted dudes playing the arcade game. <laughs> <laughs> right out of the Black Hole. Galaga. <laughs> As James said, that man is playing Galaga. He thought we wouldn't notice. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I, I agree with him. I saw a lot of Black Hole in there. But... Uh, I'm excited about the Black Hole remake, so maybe that was it. <laughs> That's probably, for me, the weakest of the trial so That far. I'll agree with. It is the weakest of the trial stories. Now, okay, so here's the question. Despite it's whatever not the problems, weakest of the stories. It's the weakest trial part of this, is that well, there's just nothing uh, going on. It, I think it's, I think it's weaker looking, than Mind Warp. It's not as enjoyable as Mind Warp. The story? I thought yeah. the story was much more enjoyable than mine were. Really? There was no blind Blessed, but Brian well, Blessed. So that's right now. How do you follow up Brian Blessed? Because I didn't think the story of mine work was great. This at least had a coherent story that, that worked and had a beginning, middle, and end, and it made sense, and it had some wonderful misdirection, and you didn't know who the killer was. And I mean, it was an enjoyable story. It wasn't great. It wasn't great Doctor Who, but it was it was an enjoyable story. Much better than the mess that was Mind Warp that, as Chrissy pointed out, and she's absolutely right, Mind Warp plays into the fact that there's a trial going on, and there's a reason for Mind Warp the way that it is. This one is its own story, and so that's why the, the trial part gets kind of left behind and bland, because there's not much to do with it except for the Doctor using it uh, as to, to show off all his good attributes, which I don't, for the life of me, know why you would go into the Matrix and find a future story to prove, I mean, it works for, for the for the format of the story, but why would you, to defend yourself, go and look for a future story you haven't experienced yet? Specifically to, because there's so few there, instances where it's happened, but specifically his argument is, they, they asked, asked me, me for help. I didn't do anything until they said, well, okay, yeah. can, you, can so, you come in? That's so he, why. He hasn't had any adventures yet. Apparently not. <laughs> not to mention that, now I know why they're doing this, but he's had five generations worth of Adventures that he could have borrowed from, but we're stuck in the sixth doctor. That that <laughs> honestly, I, I wondered about that. It was like, <laughs> could you have gone and pulled a David Tennant story, a, a ten story, and said, "Look, here's an instance where you know I got the psychic paper right off the bat. They called me for help, and I and I and I don't think it would have worked. Aside from the fact that it hasn't happened yet, right? In um, real life, in real life, <laughs> but the sixth doctor's persona would not allow that. Yeah, he will look into his own future. Uh, I guess that's true. He would not go any further because there's absolutely nothing of consequence that happens after I'm gone. <laughs> that's that's just you know. Yeah, so I was okay. Or, sort of. or before I came about. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I kind of thought of that now. Well, yeah, because when he starts, you haven't seen this yet, but when he starts his regeneration, he already has that arrogance of well, you know, well, at the end of Caves when he says, uh, "Change, my dear, and not, not a moment, moment too, soon. too soon." Well, and they covered that in the revisited when he, yeah. he yeah. says, "I was never fond of the." the uh, what's the line? Because they've actually used that in real life to describe Peter Davidson, the foppish. I'm not going to remember it yeah, now. I can't but remember it, either, but I know whatever line about. he uses there. Um, so now here's the question: Could you flip? Could Terror of the Vervoids come as the middle piece of the story 
for the trial. Could we go into the past and look at Mysterious Planet? Going to tear the Verve Voids, and he says, well, I'm going to pull something from my future to help defend myself. And then the damning piece of evidence, despite the fact that we get the, geno- uh, the genocide, you know, that's the escalation of that trial. But the real damning piece of evidence that Valier pulls out is, well, yeah, this is what's happening to you currently. And the death of Perry. That probably would have been better. Does that fix that? Um, did, did we peak too early with Mind Warp? And, we didn't and, peak and, at all. That's, well, well, the problem is we we started on this high a mysterious planet. I don't think I don't flip five even would have fixed it. You don't think so? No, no it would have been. Me. Would it fix more of the trial parts? Because we, with, we, because your thoughts that mind warp is not a complete story because it relies so heavily on the trial. Would flipping it have fixed that aspect? No, of because it? the balance is still there with this one. Because even though the trial is kind of bland and just going on, he needed the he needed this time to because we, we've had this. Because the defense has rested its case. The doctor has yeah, the the doctor has the upper hand in mysterious planet most of the time. He's got the valiard on you know on his back foot. Then it's flipped, and then the doctor's on his back foot for mind warp. And then this one, I, we until the end of this, we get that aha, and it works for that sense as well. Is we have the doctor then showing that you know well, look what I, look what happened here, and there's nothing bad happening. And, until the genocide thing comes up, it's the doctor is has a great defense for himself. So I think it had to be like that because in order for it at the very end to be able to bring up the ultimate, which is obviously article number seven, but the, the ultimate thing of, of genocide, oh, now I've got something else on you, which I, I – what trial – I think somebody brought this up the other night too. What, what trial in history could you just keep adding charges <laughs> on as you're trying well, only somebody? A time just, more, yeah. Only a time more justice. Um, but, you know, so, but it, to be able to do that and then have that big aha moment at the end, well, wait a minute, you just, you finally tripped up. You, you incriminated had a, yourself. You had a great defense for yourself and then you incriminated yourself at the end. No, I don't think you could have flip-flopped it because it works in that sense. The, 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 trial, the trial part of this, I have never, I've not had a problem with from beginning to end because I think it's it works. It's structured well and... It works really well. It's just it's the pieces that we're using that haven't always worked. So yeah, the more we talk about this, the more I'm, I'm going to give this one a little stronger. Done and there are elements to it that I don't like, vervoids in particular, because I was really hoping for crinoids. See, the, but, the, the, the vervoids are bringing this down as much as Blessed was bringing the last one. Maybe back. yeah, that's true. That's very true. And, and I, I think that's where it comes from because I, I don't know that I can say this is the weakest of the stories. Because you're right, Mind Warp had a lot of problems, but Brian Blessed glazed over so much of that for me <laughs> that, <laughs> that that maybe I'm, I'm not being fair to this one just because Brian Blessed isn't in it. <laughs> but you know, I, this one is on a on a very high pedestal by not having Space Buffalo. <laughs> so well, I'll. So I mean, there there is that. That's our new that's our new benchmark for everything. (laughs) Well, there was no space buffalo. So I don't know. Like you said, it was it was a well written mystery. It did did misdirection work well. The story was more solid and better, but it wasn't as enjoyable to watch for whatever reason. Maybe that's where we can go with it. Here's something that I didn't have as much fun. There was something I want to throw out here though that was that was brought up in the documentary that when. Mel asks to go into the cargo hold, and she wants to go investigate something, and the one guy's taking her in there. 
And it's it's the guy that has the shocking end. He walks in, shocking. and she goes. He goes. Well, let me go first. We we don't want you uh, to get killed. Well, at least not until. And then he touches the thing and gets shocked. And I didn't realize until watching this documentary that he says, "Well, not until, not until what? When <laughs> when did you want Mel to be killed. dead? Or like, why do you say that? Was he going to kill her?" Well, that's what maybe he was going to feed her to the verbal. Is that another of those those misdirection lines? But why would you have a character say that if he's not the bad guy? You know what I mean? I I completely glossed that over until I watched the documentary and I went, yeah, why did he say? At least not until. I mean, it was. He could have been making a joke and setting it up. At least not until you've paid your bill. Yeah, exactly. It could have been a. a, At least not until you've sampled the fondue. But but by ending it that, that way, it's like. Not until what? <laughs> Were you actually going to kill Mel? Anyway, nobody noticed that, huh? Good. I'm not the only one. I didn't notice that. I didn't notice that at all. Perhaps I, he was in on the plan because he was very willing to take her in there. Yeah, maybe I so. said I spent I spent a lot of time looking at backgrounds. I I, I was very impressed with the, the, not only the sets but the the, the Starfield. The fact that yes, it yeah, was on yeah. a repeating loop. Oh, the Starfield but how often do we nice. see Starfields moving, Doctor? I didn't think the not black hole often. looked as nice, but the no, Starfield. But the Starfield no, looked really nice. It wasn't Disney's the black. No, it was a blob. <laughs> Just kind of blob of moving. You know what that looks like? That kind of looks like the opening of Seven. His galaxy thing. That's kind of what that was. Um, you know what I did like a lot was uh, the Commodore. I would yeah, like to yeah. see the first meeting of, of them, yeah. which never that happened would be on interesting. screen. Yeah, apparently, apparently they went novelized. Yeah. It's not, yeah. Um, with Evelyn. Well, it's not even novelized. I think it's not the necessarily the meeting. They said they, I think a novel has even, he's been in another novel, but it's not even the meeting it's alluded to. And, and and explained a little more how they met, but I don't think it's their actual first meeting. The, yeah, the way it was worded it. on Wiki it was just that he supposedly met the Doctor while the Doctor was traveling with Evelyn, which right. we don't know if that's the story in that book or not. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. At least not yet. Um, I, I got to touch on the, the, the exercise room and how, the gym. The, how 80s the gym was in comparison. I mean, if you want to complain about something, I don't complain about the, 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 the look of the spaceship, but man, that gym equipment was <laughs> just straight out there. And I think that bothered me in the intro. Because I, I was I was late, because I, I had to work that night, so I didn't get off until just you know into this thing. So I, I kind of missed the Dr. Mel intro with the characters and everything. So I went back and watched it. And he's riding that exercise bike. And it's done for comedic effect, but that really bothered me that he had that exercise bike. And it's like, I don't know why. If it had been like... Well, when is Mel from? What era is she from? I'm going to say 80s as well because mm-hmm. of the pastel colors of her clothes. <laughs> so so is it hair. easier to accept if she brought the bike? Yeah. Suddenly it is. You fixed it. That was kind of always my impression. Until I see the same bikes <laughs> on the show. <laughs> <laughs> and know. then I went, oh, Maybe she's actually from the 29th century. I, I, I just, I just or the spaceship was built in the 80s. I just... Oh. <laughs> you fixed that? <laughs> We went and got all our gym equipment at Discounts R Us. <laughs> Stuff from the 80s. You should see the uh, recreation decks. Actually, Rubik's that's cubes. the name of the store. Stuff from the Stuff 80s. From the 80s. <laughs> Around the corner, Cafe 80s. Guy named Griff, just say no. Um, but just, I don't know, if the doctor had been riding this weird futuristic bicycle, it would have been ridiculous because it would have tried to look like a right. futuristic right. stationary bike, and you'd have been going, well, shouldn't that be anti-grab, or isn't there a pill for that, right. or something? exactly. But I, the idea of him doing this whole bit on, like, an old wooden... <laughs> 
rickety, like that he had to haul this up from stores. That idea appeals to me. I don't know mm-hmm. why. But just the idea that even though we're sitting in this futuristic TARDIS console room with all the white roundels and the silver and everything like that. This bike was white. On an 80s bike, for some reason, <laughs> bothers me. I don't know why that has such a thing. <laughs> but then the, you know, the gym, like you said, was exactly the same stuff. And uh, I, I, t- I tweeted this, but I thought it was funny, too, that uh, Dr. Lasky, what does she do? Honor Blackman's character. What exactly is her... She was a scientist. She's a mad scientist, apparently. Mm -hmm. When did she find time to be a mad scientist? Because she she, had already done all her work. She read her book, Mm -hmm. and she worked out in the gym Mm -hmm. like every twenty minutes. Right. So when was she doing the science stuff? That's what. That's what happens when you're the lead. Yeah. You get the. You get get everyone else to do it. You take the credit. Uh, Solomon didn't do that. (laughs) He had. uh, Solomon didn't enjoy reading. We don't know. He probably had a very nice <laughs> library in the castle on Karn. We, we didn't see his worried about his waistline. Maybe that's what it is. We, didn't, we, didn't, we never <laughs> he, saw he his downtime. He didn't care about his waistline. He was more dedicated to his science. <laughs> he was to, see, that, that's a failing on her. But if you're going to be a mad scientist, you have to commit to it. There is no leisure time in she a mad scientist. She wanted to be an attractive, good-looking, healthy mad scientist. She wanted to I thought she was still good looking. distract from the fact that she is a mad scientist. She's trying to be pretty. That way you don't see the mad part. You're doing a good job disguising them. It's like I've been watching uh, <laughs> How I Met Your Mother. It's like the crazy scale. The EOA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the assistant, way crazier than she was. But that leads me to the whole. Well, now, wait a minute. Who's actually running this experiment here? <laughs> this is part of that misdirection you've been leading me on about. I don't know. I just thought it was funny that every time we turned around, she was in the gym or she was in the rec room with that book. <laughs> just. She's in one of these two locations. Go find her. She's not in the lab doing any real work. <laughs> I don't know. I thought it was funny. Anything else? Sean, <laughs> what do we got coming up on the schedule? Well, next week we are finishing Trial of a Time Lord with episodes 13 and 14, The Ultimate Foe, for Friday Night Who. So it'll be a little bit lighter of a week because there's only two episodes to watch. And uh, then next week on the show, which is 135. We will be um, talking about the ultimate foe and the complete epic that is Travel Time Lord. We'll finally be able to kind of put to rest some of these arguments we've been stringing ourselves along with for the last <laughs> month and decide whether or not it works as a story overall or not. And there's one last reveal that so far we've managed to theoretically keep from Keith, and he'll come out next week and go, <laughs> I knew that. And we'll be like, Aw. Is this about the value? No. Oh. It's about pairing. You, you know the Valley Yard part. No, well, I think you know another part. Maybe. I know what people say about the Valley Yard. That's all I'm going with. Lies. Until <laughs> <laughs> um, I see it, I don't know if and, I... And we'll be discussing the, the, the Sixth Doctor um, era. This is our, our retrospective discussion on the Sixth Doctor era next week as well. Which means there is still time for you to vote in the Facebook poll. Did you find it? <laughs> It's there. It, it is there. It, it was unpinned. Uh, I don't know if you did that or Facebook did that. I did that. Um, this also means that it is your final opportunity to vote in an online poll that we've pasted through Facebook because Facebook has apparently decided that as a page, we don't warrant the being able of asking questions. Oh, so they have taken away the ability. Yes. Because normal people ask questions on, as polls on Facebook all the time. Yeah. If we were a group, we could do it. As a page, we could not. Ah, uh, I see. I, in order to be a group, we have to... Oh, uh, no. 
Oh, I can set up a group yeah. page for Driving the Vortex, but that's one more piece of social yeah. media I'm not willing to devote time to. So <laughs> it would be like Google+. Plus. We'll just have to start posting questions there. I don't know. Do they have polls on Google+? Plus? I'm sure they do. Ugh, that's frustrating. Maybe there's a way I'd probably have to sign up for another app and allow it access, and then I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> let it post on your behalf. At, at this point, we'll figure something out. But um, So, yes, go and vote in the poll, and if we need to, we'll repin it to the top of the page again. So you still well, have let's the put the, we'll move the poll to the website, because we can do that on there. That's your homework assignment for this uh-huh. week. <laughs> so you can go to our website and vote in the poll. No, 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 don't direct them there that. Right now we'll finish the Facebook one and then we'll for seven, it's all still there. Seven. Yeah, for seven. All right. So go to go to <laughs> seven, eight, nine, and ten. Go to our right. Facebook page. We'll repin it to the top of the page so that you can vote in yes. the what is the most not again, not favorite, not best, most iconic six story. Most representative of the era. Uh, and we'll be discussing that and and uh, and Colin and some other fun things next week on that, and then we'll start seventh doctor next week. Or the following. Um, Actually, design- we're stepping away. We're going to do, if I remember correctly, we're doing. Uh, we're going to revisit the the uh, divergent universe with eight. Yes. Well, that's the actual. And uh, we're that's going the to, our, to come up with. We're finding out who that week is. Uh, the eleventh doctor. No. Yeah. Yes. Doctor's wife. Doctor's wife. So, but uh, we're doing that. Eventually, so that, we get to seven. Yes. Well, I mean, it's it's kicks off seven, even though there's no seven in it. <laughs> Okay. Makes okay. Perfect. It makes sense in my head. Okay. It's August means seven. Right. And yes, I had forgotten with all of the uh, uh, knees bent running about to do the rest of the homework. So I will get that posted for you. <laughs> so the schedule will be up for, for the rest of the schedule so that you know um, what's why. Also, one other piece of uh, uh, um, housekeeping. As the uh, show last week degenerated and got very silly with our Brian Blessed uh, love fest. <laughs> Um, we said that we should probably host a, 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 a Flash Gordon tweet along, uh, as we do with uh, Frank Who, and I posted the. Well, I was going to post a question on Facebook and say, "When would this work for you guys? When would you like to do it?" I can't do that, so I'm asking you now if you would be interested in doing that or not, and if so, let us know when. I just uh, you can include it in your next bit of feedback or, or, or whatnot. I think for the most part, we can agree that weekends in the evenings would probably work best for us. Yes. Unless we did a late night during I, the week. Yeah, I certainly have no problem doing a late night during the week. I don't know how everybody else feels yeah, about that. Yeah, it might be rough on some of our listeners. Like some have nine to fives. Yeah. <laughs> the ones that are already are having trouble with Friday night news schedules. Mm-hmm. And that's even on a Friday. An evening. I'd love to be able to do it at a time when you know people in the UK were awake. Maybe we get Brian Blessed on. <laughs> maybe we should trust. But maybe we should do a Saturday afternoon. I could probably swing a Saturday afternoon. Sure. As long as I know about it in advance. Sarah yeah, won't be able to join in, but I can make her watch it again. Oh, well, I want Sarah to be there since she's not seen it. Although, I don't know, maybe she needs to not, not have not, the distraction. Not, she, doesn't want, she doesn't want to tweet. You need to... In- I wonder how many of our listeners have ever seen it. be divided to yes. so you can answer any questions she asks. <laughs> this is awesome, just because. <laughs> that's, that's the only question. <laughs> anyway, so uh, uh, send us a message and let us know. And you can do that through Facebook, Gmail... Uh, Google Plus, our website, Twitter, um, our Google voicemail number, Tumblr, <laughs> Tumblr, the mail. Uh, <laughs> go out, snail mail. Go outside and shatter from the rooftops. Maybe the Twilight Bark will. I don't think it we've to ever us. put our address, our snail mail address, out there. So. Call, All right, call Chrissy. She's got my number. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's in the and telegraph. Yeah, hey, speaking of, you have my phone number as well. So why are you putting all this on me? Why is it my responsibility to call you? Why don't you just call me and say, I know you're recording tonight. Answer, and I'll talk. Just she's trying not to. She's not trying to force her way onto the podcast. <laughs> oh, and herself onto the show. Little Miss Meek and Miles. Who, I don't know if I can talk on the radio. And then, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's going to do it for this week. Until next week, I'm Gwen. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seated. You have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.